Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hello again guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening or good night. My name is Thomas and sitting all the way across in Heath House, I'm Ren and he is my Stimpy. Give it up for my bro, Alan. Hello guys and welcome to another fun-filled podcasting time with the broadcast. You didn't even let me drop the broadcast, you just went straight into the show. Well, You're getting a bit me. rusty, dickhead. We ha- we, it's a, it's a late, late night, I'm tired, I've been doing other things and I don't need you having a go at me. Man, you okay? Yeah, the uh, seventh stage of hell sounds like it's getting to you now, boomer. I just want to go back to work, mate. Really, I just want to go back to work. I just want to. <laughs> I was too crazy in the house. I've yeah. had dominoes too much. And yep. I want to. I want to go home. Just want to go you home are... to work. Oh, you want to go home to work? So you just want to get out of there. Welcome, guys, to another fun field podcasting. <clears throat> Hilarity. Bit of cough there in the throat. Yes, we are recording this quite late at night, guys, on the Friday. Hope everyone is well. Tom, are you well, besides your little hissy fit there? Just a side note, if you're coughing, mate, have a, you should probably go and get tested, I reckon. No, I'm all right. It's just, uh, I've been eating a lot of corn chips and uh, just before we started recording. I, I didn't want to eat on the mic, okay, if that's okay with you. Bit of a throwback to our previous episodes of just eating Smith chips. And dropping them accidentally onto the iPad that was recording the show. When, when was that? We did, I think it was our ECW show. I think I was listening back to it a couple of weeks ago, and I must have mm. had, like, chips. And like, you've just gone, oh, come on, mate. It's on the equipment. So I must have fallen on the iPad that was in front of us. So. It definitely shows that I um I don't go back and listen to this show, guys. And if I do, it's probably once, and that's enough. Alan, how dare you? I got other stuff to listen to, better stuff. Much you, better stuff. You do like my little, you know, 30-second to one-minute uh, edits that I cut out of the show and send to you for a bit of a laugh. Always. That's always good for a laugh, guys, to go back because, uh, again, they are reminders for me. I don't remember that stuff. Well, guys, Alan's actually talking about so many shows that we've done, and we're actually yep. up to, I think it's 62, I think this is now. So uh, 62 episodes, guys. You can download all episodes on Podbean, Apple iTunes, CastBox, Highcast, 
and a range of different podcast providers. You can check us out directly on Twitter at The Brocast, all one word, T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and also on Instagram, all one word, The Brocast Podcast. Now, today is actually our another wrestling companion. Give us a clap there, Al, for the wrestling companion. There With his uh, golf clap there, Al. No, that's, this is a golf clap, listen. Very faint. This is just... This is a James Vanderbeek from Dawson. Dawson's Creek. Boy, so it's there. the... We're back here again, are we? Damn it. Yes, we're, we're back here again. Yep. <laughs> so, guys, this is actually wrestling companion number 41, Al. 41, mate. Man. Come on now. We yep. have done so many events from ECW, WCW, the WWF, and WWE, and NXT, but this time we are going back to 1990. This is actually only marks the second time we've gone back this far. The previous event we did was Survivor Series 1990, and now we're going to May of 1990, uh, where this guy I'm chatting to now was, what, six years old when this event happened that we're actually going to be covering today. Correct. I was only six at the time when this came out. You were four. Uh, I think I just celebrated. No, I think I would have maybe celebrated my sixth, my seventh birthday coming out around near this time in 1990. And we, you and I, just at the time, you became a big brother. That's right. Yeah. Well, in a few months' time, our uh, our other patri- our other parts of our family would be born. Our brother and sister. So, guys, we're going to be covering WCW Capital Combat 1990. We actually announced it uh, earlier in, oh, actually, no, late in April of last month after our Thunder Show, which was the 20th anniversary of David Arquette becoming the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. So what we wanted to do was actually go into the WWE Network, go into the in-ring section, uh, WCW pay-per-views, and click uh, WCW Capital Combat 1990, and it should read... Lex Luger battles Ric Flair in a steel cage match for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Doom faces the Steiner Brothers. The Rock and Roll Express face the fabulous Freebirds in a corporal punishment match, plus a special appearance by Robocop. That's right, Al. Robocop is coming. Robocop is coming, and he is going to be on our computer screens he's going to be on either on your tvs or your computer screens or your ipads however you watch this guys we are doing our film companion we will be your let's say <clears throat> commentators for tonight's uh, matches sorry so just be prepared that when we say wrestling companion uh we're not going to be uh, filling in for the announcers that night we may go off track and start talking about other things such as games comic books and movies uh, and that's what the broadcast does so we will also have our regular banter, our brother banter that we always bring in, and we have been doing for the past four years, El. Yeah, How great you, is that? It's, um, <laughs> you look so tired. It's <laughs> it's fantastic. You look yeah. so tired from your end. No, I'm not tired, man. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Bro, I feel good. This is Alan. I feel good. I work 19 hours. I'm coming home for an hour of sleep, and Alan goes back at it again. Yes, that's correct. That is very, very correct. <laughs> Let's start the show, shall we? Guys, are we ready? Alright, guys, we should all be on the 000000 mark of WCW Capital Capital Combat 1990. Let's go in 3, 2, 1. Oh, the top secret file, Al. What happened here? 
who was under this? Who needed this? Look at the, the you can see many wrestlers. Stingers is injured. Who hurt the stinger? Who was it? Who's trying to hurt the little stingers? So I said stingers. I don't want to make sure that anybody gets confused and if I said something else. Yes, sinners? Tom. Sinners? Yeah, let's go with that one. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Sure. So we're live at the DC Armory in Washington, DC, guys. Um, the previous event uh, before this was uh, Wrestle War, which actually featured the same main event. It was Lex Luger and Ric Flair for the NWA World Heavyweight title. Uh, Sting was meant to compete, but was injured. And also, too, this actually marks for this podcast for us, this is actually our first NWA, because this was actually NWA WCW. Uh, this yes. was actually before WCW split. Um, so it was kind of like when NWA TNA was doing their shows, they had the NWA championships. And yes. once they simply became TNA, they then broke off from the NWA and returned those belts and then made themselves the TNA titles. And we got a very young Tony Chavante introducing here the, um, the armory service. The cadets, they'll be singing. Because this was during, uh, I think it's over in America at this time, Memorial Day, or what they celebrate um, like, we, like we do for Anzac Day? Yeah, good question. So this would have been, what was the date of this event again? I think it was the May 19th. 20th, I think it was. Oh, 19th, 19th, was it? Yeah, okay. Yep. So I might have been. I'm not sure about the American holidays. Uh, Look at I'm that just long assuming. perm of that cameraman. Look at that long perm. Oh, yeah, baby. This was a different time, guys. Good time for fashion and hair. The early 1990s. And, uh, and just a... Uh, Talking about hair, uh-huh. I, I won't. I won't. I just saw your face, so I'm not going to say anything. Why not? You could talk about. It. Well, yeah. the fact that you called me a, you called me Jesus earlier, as in a, I'm a bearded, sexy Jesus. I take that compliment, L. Thank you. No, 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 no. That, I also added the other words of MFA on the end oh. of that sentence. I don't know if you want to go back and press the audio button on that, and we can probably get our second swear for it today. I'll go find it. Oh, really? You're going to no, play I'm, it right I'm, now? I'm just going to make sure, because I don't know if you said that, Al. I think you mm. actually gave me a compliment. Let me guys, find sorry. it. Guys, sorry for the swear. Here it comes, because, yeah. Actually, if you look at it, it's not really me saying the word. It's Tom playing it on his phone, and it sounds like me, so... Let's, let's, let go. me find it. Let me turn my volume up. Oh, so we've got some... Right one, here. two... Hey, Tom, you Jesus-looking motherfucker. Fuck you. There you go. Do you hear that? Oh, yeah. I heard that as clear as day. And we have some fireworks. <laughs> Jesus looking mother effer F you. There we go. And that's because I am kind of rocking the Jesus style hair and beard look. I went out the front the other day and I just grabbed a comb and I parted my hair down. Oh, so God. it had a real Jesus. And my wife goes, what the hell? And I'm like, praise the people. It is seed. I'm here. <laughs> Aliens, come and help me here. Let's get rid of this coronavirus and help me. And I, I was wearing a bed sheet, so, so had, Batman, had Batman on it. Oh, the original Batman <laughs> ones we had as kids. Yep. And Batman 66 that we had. And then uh, not long after that, the police car came in, so it's time to go mom, in. Your missus locked the door, said, don't come in here. And we uh, don't know him. We don't know him. I can actually see your missus doing that, and that's fantastic. Alan, no. It's true. No, no, she she's a good woman. So oh, who do we have on our uh, screen here? We have Bob Cottle and we have J.R. Jim Ross as our announcers for tonight. Yes. J.R. looking young too, because this, this event, guys, is 30 years old this year. Sure is. This is before J.R. would have his Bell, Bell's Palsy attack and his uh, stroke as well too. So we're looking at a very young, and, t- and look how he's been at the tanning booth. 
old uh, good old JR. And talking about Jim Ross, uh, your president is on its way, Al. Alan's birthday is coming up. Uh, it's actually this weekend, guys. Yes, Alan sir. is turning uh, 20. Um, he's going oh, out to which... clubs tonight. And, yeah, Look, there's you. Look at you that coming up. out. Humperdinck right there. That's you. <laughs> um, damn it. Sir, <laughs> if you look at it, guys, that's Sir Humperdinck is Tom. Yep. It's kind of, you know, when I say the Jesus look, I have the Jesus hair, but not the body. I yeah. have the Humperdinck body. You've got the Humperdinck body. There's a very young Cactus Jack. Yes, uh, my birthday's coming up this weekend, guys, and uh, Tom was very nice uh, to order me the Jim Ross's book, his second book that he's done now, um, My Life in Wrestling, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Under the Black Hat, sorry. And actually, uh, not only was it a order of the book, it was a personally signed copy of the book as well. Did you really do that? Yes. My God, brother, we'll have uh, to talk about that. I uh, am very... Uh, Thomas. <laughs> Dear Thomas, <laughs> happy birthday, love, JR. You're like, what, the, what the hell? This is you not know, my name. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if you do that. Naomi. <laughs> <sighs> let me expand that. Let me explain the Naomi joke, guys. All right, get your phone. I wrote, a, I wrote a message to Alan today in our group chat, and one of our mates is getting into fermenting their own liqueur. We're make, looking like they're making beers and bourbons at the moment. That's this right. is what's happening to people, guys, with this whole COVID-19. People are becoming at-home moonshine makers and trying to make their own alcohol. And I, I'm i going to join in and put my money into you know getting a couple of the products when they're made. And I was writing in the message, um, no worries, I will pay next week. And that's what I wrote. I thought I wrote. But no, for some reason, and read what it actually says, because this oh, is ridiculous, guys. <laughs> and how we have here the Road Warriors, and now that I come, Norman the Lunatic. There I am. That's my wrestler for time. But I didn't know that that said that until after I read it. Did you see what I said? There's Norman. That's me. And you're over there. You're Humperdinck over there. So I think we've already come out. What we're, who's who's who tonight of wrestling? A very young, thin cactus jack here. So this is what it said. I wrote. No worries, I get paid on Wednesday, I can transfer across. How much again? But what it said in the text is, no worries, I get paid on Wednesday, Naomi can transfer across. <laughs> how much again? I don't know how old transfer became Naomi, but now it did. The, now play the next thing. Do the whole conversation. The whole audio. No, yeah. What, what, what All right, here we go. Now? Listen, listen here. And yeah, then there was mate. this one, and then... When the fuck did I become Naomi? <laughs> when the, did I become Naomi? <laughs> oh, man. But I love how our mates saw it as your Naomi. Like, yeah. But you were never going to transfer the money. The money's coming from me. That's right. So why would I give you the money so you can transfer it? Who's Naomi? I don't know why don't, you're... I don't know. Yeah. Here we go, guys. We have six-man tag action right here. We've got a couple of beefy boys right here. Scary dudes you do not want to meet at a bar somewhere. Now, do you want to hear a surprisingly sad stat? Yeah, sure. Because I watched this match last night. A majority uh-huh. of people at ringside here and in the ring have passed away. Uh, so Let's see if you can figure out who they are. Norman the Lunatic, I know that. Yep. Uh, Road Warrior, oh, um, which is it? Road Warrior Animal? No, it's a hawk. Hawk, sorry. A Road Warrior Hawk. And we've got Bam Bam Bigelow. Yep. Humperdink has also passed away. Oh, I did. Oh, my God. What a lariat that was. What and referee hit? Randy Anderson, El. 
That's right. Randy Anderson got yeah. very, very sick. So Jeez. I think it's about, I think it's six to seven people at this match have passed away. Oh, the guys were about five, eight minutes into this happy fear and we're all in the happiness. Thanks, Tom. Happy tree friends. Very good. But we noticed this too when we did the Survivor Series 1990 show. Same thing. Remember, we looked at how many people in those elimination matches had passed on as well. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of shit going on in the world today and we're here to listen to the podcast of hilarity and that's not happening right now because we're talking about death. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Do you want to read it? I'll read some death quotes or some death quotes or just how about, about... How, about we, how about we just call the match and uh, ah. watch the match there? Okay. Companion. Yes, El. Yeah. The wrestling companion that we're doing, <laughs> the one we're doing at nine o'clock at night on a Friday. We, most of us have worked, you know, 16 hour days, but you know, yeah, who's counting? So let's talk about, I reckon, lunatic, the lunatic. Let's talk about Norman now. Because when it. I first saw him a couple of weeks ago when I watched this show, I wasn't aware of this character, and it made me think of Eugene from the timeline that we kind of grew up watching with a guy that was a fan favourite and was kind of looked a bit special in terms of he's what his script. presentation was. Yep. Uh, so his name was Michael Paul Shaw. He passed away in 2010. Uh, the other names he went by was the Bastion Booger in the World Wrestling yes, Federation, which was his character that he had. And looking at here, he had over 15 wrestling names <laughs> in different companies. Wow. One name that stands out for me, he was also called Klondike Mike at some point of his career. Yeah. It does look like a Klondike, yes. He was also uh, Norman the Maniac, and Trucker Norm was another name that he had. Interesting, though. So he, this is, I remember this, actually, this is interesting. I remember the Friar. Do you remember the Friar? Friar Ferguson? Yep. Yes, It was I the do. gimmick that he also did in the World Wrestling Federation. It was the Mad Monk. Yeah, listen to this one here. The WWF received negative feedback from the Catholic Church of New York, so they dropped the character. Sean was then, allegedly as punishment for his weight, given the name Bastion Booger in June of 1993 with the gimmick of an unkempt, slovery and gluttonous man who wrestled in dingy, too small, bay, uh, grey and beige singlet tailored to make his appearance of a hunchback. Oh, I've seen it. Born in era... It's not pretty, but, you know, he got the job done. Oh, he misses the headbutt. And actually, in his debut as Bastion Booger on the uh, June version of WWE Superstars, he lost to Virgil. Oh, wow. Jeez, you're starting off well when you lose to uh, Mr. Meat Sauce. (laughs) And that F money. Look at these beefcakes. There are some big dudes in this ring right now. Even with Bam, look how thin he was, though. Like yes. the times we saw, we've seen Bambo really big, you know, in his big times in ECW and then WCW. Well, um, what was the last time we had? Was probably the, the last Nitro show? Yeah, the Thunder we just did. He appeared Monty in that last Thunder? month. He lost That's to, right. wasn't it Sean Stasiak or something? That was that match. <laughs> Sean Stasiak, damn it. Yeah, yeah, meat. I like the meat. Oh, Cactus Ooh. Jack over the top rope there. Someone's just standing there like, oh, I could help my partner. Oh, my God, what a clothesline. Look how young he's looking too, Cactus. Very young, very young. Look at those guys in the front row. The guy's flipping off Cactus Jack really quickly there. I don't know if you saw him in the Nike top. <laughs> take that, Cactus, take that. Oh, oh my so God. So here's a question for you. How old do you think Cactus Jack was at this event? He's all tangled up in that chair, sorry. Look at that, that's bad. Jesus. Look at that. That's, that, like... that, that, that's basketball stadium chair. Yeah, he's still tangled up in it. Whoa, oh, what the hell? Randy, come on, man. Would you like some wooden steps? Yes, please. Yes, please, while well, I get tangled up in a plastic chair. Look at that big beefy boy. Yeah, um, how old do you think Cactus was? 
got to be in his 20s. He was 24. Wow. Yeah, 54 this year, guys. So he's 24 years old here. Very young. And then An we got the devil. note here, and we will touch on this a bit later on in the show when we talk about Dark Side of the Ring. Oh, yes. But it was only a few months after this that actual Cactus joined the UWS. Because um, he joined them in October of 1990, wrestling in a couple of small time arenas. It's the, <laughs> if you look at that, it's like another, it's like the southern tale of uh, Paul Heyman, but it actually got yeah. off its feet. And I will say that is probably ECW. the greatest wrestling episode of a show I've ever watched. I absolutely love that episode. We will talk cool about one. it, guys. The Cocaine and Cowboy Boots episode of Dark Side of the Ring Season 2. Uh, I did a big binge watch last night, and I absolutely love that episode. That guy just party, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> I love wrestling, and I love me hookers, and I love me cowboy boots, and I love me drugs. Cowboy boots were very important to this man. Man, look at these. We've got David Sullivan there. Uh, sorry, the uh, the devil. Yeah, Kevin oh, Sullivan. Kevin, Kevin who Sullivan, would partner sorry. with Cactus for quite a lot um, in, in Cactus's WCW run. Yes. Also was the booker uh, for some of the uh, the first time when WCW split off from the NWA. That's right. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, kicks in the chest. He very much does look like a Eugene style character, doesn't he? Um, mm. Norman. Uh, Norman. It was just. Was it just Norman? Or was it the lunatic? Well, he was. He was called Norman the Lunatic here, but yes. he had other times where he was Norman the Maniac when he was a heel. Yep. But he started getting over, though, so then they changed it to Lunatic, and he became a face. You can't and really would come do out and start throwing T-shirts to the audience and stuff like that. can't really do that today, can you? you call yeah. a guy the Lunatic, you know, and here comes Charlie, the mentally handicapped man. You're like, oh, no, we can't do that, guys. Why not? This is um, Zach Gowan. He's only got one leg. Give him a, a disabled spot. That's great. You're like, no, 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 we can't do this, guys. No. Let's, uh, take, let, let's get Zach Gowan to take a F5 on a ring post with the good leg, with the one leg getting smashed against the post. That was horrible. And let's horrible. have Vince McMahon walk around the ring with a cane while hopping. Yeah, horrible. Yeah. Oh, man, look at that. So, Rudy, he actually, um, Bastion Booger returned to the WWE in 2007. On December 2007, during the WWE Raw 15th anniversary special, he returned as Bastion Booger in the opening segment in which Triple H jokingly suggested that Big Dick Johnson uh, was Booger's son. Right. Triple H just wanted to get over. Sounds like it. It's like, oh, man, I'm going to be on television today. I'm going to make funnies. <laughs> then have a 20-minute match. So he died at age 53. So, yeah, what, 23 or 20 years after this event. So he would have only been, um, yeah, 30, 33 at this time, uh, but passed away in 2010. So Oliver Humperdinck, I, I know the name. I'm just trying to think because, again, we didn't watch a lot of this era, but I knew he did a lot of stuff for Jim Crockett Promotions. I think Florida Championship Wrestling and the WWE. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at other names he had. He was also Red Sutton, the Big Kahuna, Sir Oliver Humperdinck, Rooster Humperdinck, and Big Daddy Dink. Oh, okay. So he's been there. He's been in the business for quite a while. Look at that drop kick. Wham. So he actually managed the New Wild Samoans in 1988 as a part of the NWA. And then he started siding with um, Bam Bam Bigelow against Barry Windham at Starcade of that same year. He worked for WCW in the late 1990s as Big Daddy Dink, a biker stole gimmick. <laughs> 
In WCW, he managed the fabulous Freebirds. Off-screen, Sutton hated his new gimmick and WCW's office politics. He retired in 1993 and returned to manage Bob Orton Jr. in the American Wrestling Federation. And there is the Road Warriors with the win. Road Warriors with the win with the... uh... Jacked up, look at them. Big dudes, big, big dudes. Yeah, we're all winners. Yeah, number one. Now get away from us. Let's keep going. Look at this. <laughs> oh, what a rush. Oh, Jesus, not that. Just takes Sullivan's head clean off. Cactus talking over there with Animal going, no, man, go stay still. Stay still. Look at Randy sliding in there, get the pinfall. Here we go. Now, watch this, guys. A bit of a... Uh, Non. This is when communication is key. Kevin Sullivan needs to get out of the ring <laughs> because out comes um, Johnny Laurinaitis and um, the referee. Watch this, guys. Um, Here they come. This is my manager, the referee. <laughs> Look at that mane. Look at that mane, El. I know. He doesn't have that today. Look at Give that. Give me a high five, man. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, man. Man. yeah man. What's going on? Yeah. Village wins. Yeah. They're awesome. Oh, Johnny Ace, eh? With one of the most deepest sounding voices I've ever heard of a wrestling personality. Hey, Vince, you got a nice body there. Yeah. So horsey and just so deep. Yep. I remember he did have some time in the W. Look, and there's. Move out of the way, guys. Please move. You can actually see yeah, something. Hear, hear that theme song? That's yes. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. <laughs> there he comes. Oh. Before Me. he was the Undertaker, look at these. And he's got T Long with him, but where is T Long? Um. <laughs> Johnny Laurinaitis had the referees, his uh, his valet to the ring. Where is Theodore Long? There he is. Hey. Yeah, what's up, player? What's going on? Yeah. Look at the, this is, and if you guys you're looking at this and you don't know who this big man is, you should know. Come on, look at the face. All he needs is long hair. It needs to be jet black. It needs to roll his eyes in the back of his head. We are looking at a very young Undertaker right here, guys. This is crazy. Look at him. Mean Mark Callis, but it was going by simply Mean Mark during his tenure here. Has a pet snake and uh, likes to listen to Ozzy Osbourne music. I don't think that... Mark Calloway does own a snake. I don't know if he does. He probably does. I, I would imagine he'd be into a bit of Aussie. Aussie Osborne. Now, I want you to watch the crowd here too, guys. Security's talking to a man now. Looks Oops. like he was, uh, again, quite verbal towards Theodore Long. Well, he's yep. gone. Yep, he's out. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of, that camera angle where there we are tonight. We're going to see a lot of, uh, as I like to say, action. Well, we're 20 minutes into the show, and that guy's already going home. So, yep. good work, yep, mate. Yeah. Well done. <clears throat> well done, mate. Good on you. Good on you, mate. We're laughing Tom, at this. Tom, are you talking trash to a guy from 30 years ago? Yeah. Anyway. How do you feel? <laughs> that man could be potentially dead, and you're dissing a ghost. Well done, dickhead. Uh, uh, look yeah, at that ginger beard and that ginger hair of Taker, eh? Uh, you look at the man on Joanne Laurinaitis. Look at that. It's funny that we'll see Johnny Laurinaitis a couple of years ago um, being sort of Vince McMahon's lackey during the CM Punk time with uh, during 2011. Here we go. 
Head tie up. Bang. All right, let's use this time to have a bit of a chat about Johnny Ace because I don't think he's actually ever been featured on our entire companions we've done, guys, for the past 40 of them. Um, I know a lot about his time in All Japan Pro Wrestling. So he actually started wrestling in 1988, so only four years into his career at this time of the 1990 Capital Combat. Uh, wrestled over in Florida Championship Wrestling with his brother, who was going by the name The Terminator. So again, he's one of three in the family, so Animal. From LOD yes. is his brother, yes. and also the Terminator as well. Uh, he started wrestling for Jim Crockett Promotions, where he formed the tag team of Shane Douglas, known as the Dynamic Dudes. Cool dudes that came out on skateboards. <sighs> yep. Hey, hey, it was that was a good time for us because skateboards were cool and they still are somewhat today. But if you know if you're at our age, that's not a very good idea. And frisbees with kids. Yep. Because I was watching the Great American Bash 1989, and they're actually featured in a tag team matchup, and you see him throwing the frisbees out to the kids and stuff in the audience. Yeah, man. <clears throat> That's one way to get over with the fans. Do some of that cool shit. For uh, they were managed time. by Jim Cornette in, until Cornette turned on them to lead Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane's version of the Midnight Express. Um, he went back to all Japan for over 12 years, 1988 to the year 2000, where he won many tag team championships. Um, he returned back to WCW in 2000, which is kind of where he entered more into the backstage role. Yes. And I think he was one of the contracts that was picked up when WWE Braum purchased WCW yes. in the March of 2001. And he would go on to become what VP of talent relations, um, for many years within the WWE. Well, yeah, he, well, in a way, he, uh, that's what the one thing I'm looking forward to when JR's book arrives and I'll be able to read it, that, um, JR does not, is not a fairly a big fan of Johnny Laurinaitis because he took his job as the, you know, uh, talent relations. No, you are right. Cause it says here in June yes. of 2004, Laurinaitis replaced Jim Ross as vice president of talent relations then being prompted to senior its senior vice president in uh, February of 2007. That's correct. And he's got some wrestling ladies in his life where he's got the uh, the Bella Twins. Uh, yeah, uh, that's his step stepdaughters, I think. Yep. Stepdaughters, yes. So. So he actually Ooh, on June, June 27th, 2011 episode of Raw. Laurinaitis was described by CM Punk during his infamous pipe bomb promo as a glad-wearing, nonsensical douchebag yes-man who would tell Vince McMahon everything he wants to hear. And then from that moment, they started bringing him in with Vince as like a backstage, like not saying anything, and then he would end up becoming GM for a timeline too. Yep. What did he have? The people power? People's power? Uh, power to the people power, I think it was, yeah. People yeah. power. Yep, I remember that uh, story arc at that time. And he also main evented one of the pay-per-views from that timeline with the win over John Cena. Really? Yeah. Lauren oh, wow. in the storyline, I think, fired the big show. Yes. And then he said, if anyone tries to come out to assist John Cena in my match against him, they will be fired. Then big show came out thinking he was going to attack Lauren but then turned and punched big show of, uh, Cena so he could get his job back. Big Show then, punched himself and knocked him out, and that was oh, the end of the night. Good night, everyone. Hey, it's a little, I'm allowed to make a little mistake, mate. How dare you? Your whole life's a mistake. Deal Fuck with it. You. <gasps> if you Excuse were here me. right now, I would be saying the same thing to leave me alone. 
So. If you were slap, if you were here right now, I'd slap you in the tit. Yeah. But, oh, jeez, you see that? Oh, well, the spin kick by Taker. Booker T style. People arriving back there. There's your ticket. Sit over there now. Go on. Go on. Go on do There's one up the front here, guys. Just don't yell any um, <laughs> oh, racial um, undertones here, please. No more wrestling and no more uh, swearing at the uh, Theodore Long. Jeez. So from memory and watching a few docos about The Undertaker, I think he debuted as a member of the Skyscrapers during this time as a replacement. Uh, I think it was when Sid Vicious, I think, was leaving, and he came in as Sid's replacement in that team. Um, and he broke away from... It was only a very short time, because I think what they did is they brought Taker, and he was quite green, very new to it, mm-hmm. and he almost kind of outshone the person that he's meant to be. I think it was Dan Spivey was his mm-hmm. partner. Yes. But he was actually better than Spivey. Yes. And it's like, okay, well, now we're going to split his off and you can do your own thing. And I think Spivey, too, had a lot of injuries as well. Did you see the uh, flying clothesline right there? Yes, very old school taker. Man, look at that old school. That, that, that fellow there with the red cap is like swearing what the? at Teddy Long, really having a go with him. He's, he's had a few some, drinks, eh? Yeah, he's got some heat and they're telling him to sit down. He's still going. You can see him on the side there yelling. It's fantastic. So good. Yeah, there he is. They see him up there. Here he is. Yeah, he's he's ready to start <clears> some uh, start some shit. Well, there was no dark matches too for this show, um, but I think I was reading on about this event. Some of the matches that were actually done weren't actually on the actual release on video. Um, where was it? Here, they were added to it. Um, just trying to find it. Okay. Here we go. So it says. The three matches were not made available to the general public until the WWE Network was launched in 2014. So I think it was this match and the opening six-man tag weren't on the VHS release. So um, we pretty much you would start your night with the Samoan SWAT team and uh, yeah. um, Mike Rotunda and Tommy Rich. Nice. Well, that's okay. It's good. As long as those boys got some time. Very reminiscent of times here, very of The Undertaker we're seeing here, guys. Just throwing him down. We're going for the elbow? No, leg drop. And even comparing too, like, you know, Cactus Jack was 24 on this card. Me and Mark is only 25. Jesus Christ. So he's 20. They're both in their early 20s, and you look at their careers now. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, mega stars within the WWE and everything. Yep, definitely. Something's happened there. What's happened there? Let's see there. Something's happened. That, I think the Red Cat Man has got more and more fired up and probably said some obscenities and it's probably been asked to leave. It's, yeah, they're talking to somebody, yep. Yeah, man. What a crazy crowds already tonight. Fantastic. <clears throat> Love it. Love a bit of crowd action because, again, if you're watching the product, guys, there is no crowds whatsoever. Still thanks to the Rona. But even looking hey. at how young these both guys are, Johnny Ace was 27 looking at this. <clears throat> how are you watching wrestling now when you go back and watch it like like the, the most recent product stuff how do you go with no crowd how do you feel um to be honest i haven't watched an actual full show in a while the one thing i probably watch <clears throat> i try and check at um aew when i can yes i probably watch more raw highlights okay uh smackdown in australia guys is actually on saturday which for me, I work almost all day Saturday doing jobs all around the house and forget even SmackDown's even on. Um, so I just use Twitter and just check out some of the highlights. I miss the audience. I, I really wish they'll have it back. 
I'm a big fan of the UFC, and what I've noticed with them is they've just returned back. They've done two shows uh, recently, mm-hmm. and the way they shoot it, they make sure that the lights are dimmed around where the fans would be. Yes. Where it seems like with WWE, they show the empty chairs, where it kind of looks like you're kind of letting us know that there's no one there. Yeah. Where if you're watching the UFC, you kind of don't know that. Yes, you don't get the yeah. crowd cheering when there's a knockout or a crazy submission, um, but I find I can watch the UFC easily, but WWE not as much. Okay, okay. I I, uh, I was about to say I watch AEW weekly, and I don't mind it because they actually have um, heels out in there doing. You know, they're sitting there doing, and then you, on the other side you have some faces. So it's it's going back to sort of the kayfabe days. You know. Good guys sitting with good guys, bad guys sitting with bad guys. But you know in real life they're all friends. But it just for that, you know, two hours of television that we have with AEW and Dynamite, it's a bit of fun. The only thing I have, I've seen a few concerns about that, <clears throat> and I heard it on a few podcasts and seen it on a few Twitter Ooh. accounts, is that isn't there a capacity, though, with how many people can be together and also being that close? And if you're looking at them in the crowd, they're all standing side by side to get all mm. the other wrestlers. And I'm thinking, yeah, everyone's getting tested. But, you know, if you're showcasing a show that's showing people standing shoulder to shoulder, they're not 1.5 metres apart. Where when you watch the UFC, they've actually got the announcers now sitting separately. Yes. So Joe Rogan's over there, you know, John Annex over there, and <clears throat> Cormier's over there. They're not together. Where it seems like with AEW, they're all together, and it's like, wait a minute, isn't there supposed to be laws around people being within that Ooh. close capacity? There's the heart punch. Yeah, true. Uh, uh, interesting how you say that. Oh, hang on, where's he going, Mark? Going Just top rope taker. Yeah, going. Oh, it's going a bit of old school, baby. What's he got doing to punch here? Punch the heart through the chest, through the ring. What? This is not Mortal Kombat. Oh, oh my. whoa! Jeez. One, two. And that's a so three. Two steps across the top rope with a leaping elbow drop. Definitely a big man that can walk the ropes. Look at Teddy Long, just happy as hell. And his oh, boys, these yeah. boys what? are wrestling tonight. They, they, doom. And that's what I'd say as it was a really cool era too. Is that you know you had managers managing multiple people. Just like, like we've seen that today with you know with like Vega now doing that on Raw, managing you know Andre and all that. But I used to love, like, Jimmy Hart would manage multiple people. Or when yes. Paul Heyman was doing it a few years ago when he had, like, Kurt Hawkins and Brock. Yes. But they, but they never crossed over. That's right. You know, they're, they're Paul Heyman guys, but there was no actual crossover between them. Oh, so we got we go. Gordon Solis trying to show us they want to see where Robocop is because he's arrived. Uh, Robocop and Sting. Look at uh, the security uh. guards. Uh, uh. Gordon Soleil with a souple. If you go back and listen to any of JR's uh, uh, on his podcast or even Tony Schiavone's, that's their little voice from him, how he's old school ways. But this man liked to drink too. An interesting note there, going back to the uh, Johnny Ace Taker matchup or me Mark match, uh, Mark was signaling for a championship after he won the match. Mm. The next event at the Great American Bash, he actually took on Lex Luger for the, uh, what is it, the uh, United States Heavyweight Championship. Ooh, nice. Yeah, very good matchup. US and I actually remember what, I watched that matchup on a VHS. That was a really good show, that one. We actually, I don't know where we got it from, but I remember watching it when I was probably like, I don't know, 15 or something like that. Um, this is back when Sting had the blonde hair, and I'm like, what is this Jeffa. video? Because I'm so used to, you know, crow Sting, dark hair, white face paint. 
my dad was Sting back then. I'm like, what? Yes. Dawn Soli's giving us a bit of a, a bit of a poem, a bit of a rap sheet of what's going on with the little stingers. <laughs> Dro- right. Dropping a dropping a poem. He's he's got he's got some Shakespearean <clears throat> words on his style. And there we go. Thank you very much. And who are we going to now, Mr. Chavante? Oh, and the Rock and Roll Express, baby. Here we go, baby, baby. Listen to the booze too. You hear that? They are booing them. They're booing them, unless they're booing Shivani, which I don't think so. And this was there's some confusion with this match because originally people were thinking it was going to be a strap match, as in strapped together. Mm-hmm. So maybe in a tag team matchup, you would have you know each opponent would be tied to someone in the matchup. So yeah, you have um, these two tied up, and then these two tied up, and it's like no, no, they're just going to be able to use the strap in yeah. the match. Because that would be stupid during a tag team match. You have to so if you get tagged out, you have to put the strap back on. That's a lot of time consuming. This is why you're not a wrestling promoter. You're an idiot. So what I reckon we should do, guys, we're going to get four straps. We're going to crisscross them. You're all, you're all strapped well, together. Well, crisscross them. Oh my god. Mate, how do how do we wrestle though if we're all strapped? We'll work. We'll work it out. Yeah, but if, do I, you know what you should just do? Just make it a tag team match with no disqualification so no one has to tag out. But no, no, no. You want them to sit at the apron each. No, I didn't. No, no, yes, no, 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 no. No, I yeah. said, I never said it would be an official tag team. I said it could be a tornado tag mm-hmm. where they're strapped together. So a Texas, right? to- Texas tornado strap match. Yep. All right, and so how do you win? Oh, it's a pinfall in the ring. Okay, so just beat the shit out of each other. No, this touching each side <laughs> of the no. of the. No, no, no I, I don't. I don't, I don't want that stuff. <clears throat> okay, cool. These guys are fired up. Yeah, thanks, Tom, for your uh, your wrestling knowledge right there of a tag team strap match, where the opponents of each side have to be strapped to one another and still stand on the apron. So they're talking about how Luger was coming out of the hospital. And he's going to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship because he actually was yeah. in hospital that day, uh, for real. Yes. So yeah. Now this match here, guys, is really long. Uh, this is almost 18 minutes. This match goes for. Crikey Moses! All right. We've got Mike Rotunda and Tommy Rich guys uh, facing off with the Samoan SWAT team. This goes for 17:54 guys on the card. <laughs> Well, so this was meant to be one. sort of the opening match now because isn't it really? So because if you got the VHS, you um, this was your first match. Yeah, yeah. Look at Mike Rotunda there. That's a captain Mike Rotunda. He was a captain at the time with his yep. uh, with his Gilligan hat. Well, no, I wouldn't say it was Gilligan hat. I would say it's more of the the skipper's hat from Gilligan's Island. And Tommy Rich is just Tommy Rich. And uh, here we have the what we say, the original Uso brothers? Yeah, I would say that, yep. From the old, old school. And here we got, we got Rikishi, and we got one of the first real Samoans, and that's Rikishi right there, very young Rikishi. Of the Samoan swap team, the SST. These guys were not fan, they're not fan favorites. And we got the Tonga kid with him. Is that who he's um, Yeah, no, I think he was... I'm just looking at... Yeah, he was Tonga kid. He was also known as the Samoan Savage, was what I knew him as. But yeah, also yes. the Tonga kid. And, or Tama was another name he had. Yeah, because I remember seeing him in the um, Dark Side of the Ring with Jimmy Snooker the episode. Yep, that's right. Yeah, the two front teeth looked like they were definitely uh, removed somehow. 
probably in a fight. They also went as the name the New Wild Samoans. So the ring names they had was the Hawaiian Beasts, the Hawaiian Wild Men, the Head Shriekers, the Samoan SWAT Team, the Tahitian Warriors, and the New Wild Samoans. Uh, So they formed in 1988, and they disbanded in 1996. Wow. Now, if you watch these guys, they get a lot of heat. This is like watching the Usos when they went heel, and they would actually, you know, have a go with the crowd, but the crowds still loved them, though. Yeah. Well, I actually watched this match a few, probably about a week and a half ago when my son walked through. My uh, 14-year-old son goes, what's this matchup? And I said, who do you reckon that these two guys are, who they remind you of? And then looking at Rikishi, he goes, oh, that looks like one of the Usos. I said, that's the Usos' dad. And they're like, what? Yep. And I said, even the style, he goes, they look like him. Like they, re- they seem like an older version of a gimmick we see today. For sure. And I said, yeah, that's the Usos family. I said, who do you think the fella there was with the uh, the captain hat? He goes, I have no idea. I said, that's Bray Wyatt's dad. Yep. He's that's like, right. what? What? Yep. And I'm like, yep, that's uh, Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt's father there. And, then we and he goes, have... who's the other guy? I said, that's Tommy Rich, former NWA World Heavyweight Champion that no one remembered that won the no. title. Yeah. <laughs> That was, I love this part here. Watch this. Tommy Rich is getting the crowd fired up, but the Samoa SWAT team just want to do their their ritual, what they yep. do every match. And this is how you get – I can understand why this is such a long match because look what they're Ooh. doing. They're getting heat. And Captain Mike Rotunda's like – Did you hear what Rikishi said just there? What did he, he said, say? Shut your effing mouth. To the camera just points at him, shut your effing mouth. Love that. <laughs> let, let us do it. Let us do it. Did he say effing or did he say the effing? He said did the real actually, word. Yeah. Well, I didn't say the real word. You've already told me to fuck off anyway. Um, fiddle. Oh, once you go fiddle yourself. Well. What? <laughs> What's wrong with you? No. I'm going to work. <laughs> At night, what? At quarter to ten. I, I get some alone time there. This is the only time I get some alone time so I can fiddle myself in the bathroom. Don't come in. G'day, mate. You're cleaning, eh? I'll just move. Yeah, could, could I borrow a mop? Please? <laughs> a mop. Thank you. God bless, God bless, God bless, God bless. Thank you. So the head streak was portrayed as a pair of Samoan savages often displaying uncivilized behavior such as biting into a turkey carcass during a match and dragging each other by their hair. They were billed as having hard heads that were impervious to pain any attack that targeted the head shrieker's head would have no effect, and the opponent who is uh, tried to headbutt them would be the one end up hurting themselves. And we actually see that a lot during this matchup. Well, I would imagine with that's with a lot of they did that with a lot of Tongan wrestlers at, at the time, or uh, you know Hawaiian wrestlers, or even who, what these guys are, because they're all part of Rock's family. Uh, Hi, Chief Peter Maivia. Look at that! I love that. He's telling Randy Anderson, he pulled my hair. He pulled my head. The guy in the crowd over there told him. This is good heel shit right here, guys. Oh, So I, I remember the Wild Samoan times, the head shriekers when they were doing that in the mid-90s in the WWF, again going back and watching some of that old time there. I think they had a couple of WrestleMania appearances, I think. I might yes. have had one or two. But also Rikishi was, what, the Sultan. Remember he did that gimmick. Cut off um, his tongue. We, yeah, he Eddie's took tongue. on what the Rock for the IC Championship, Eddie's, one of the uh, WrestleManias. Had his tongue cut out because he spoke too much. Look at that! You just see that from the Samoa SWAT team—they swapped out. They didn't even tag. 
very reminiscent of the Usos because they're twin brothers. And, you know, look, the referee can't really tell them apart. And then we got uh, the skipper, Mike Rotunda, in the ring, not doing taxes at this time. <laughs> he also appeared in our, what was it, our Starcade show? Didn't they turn on, um, was, it, was it Hacksaw Jim Duggan? The For some reason. Club? <laughs> yeah. We had uh, Kevin Sullivan, Mike Rotunda, and uh, Scott, no, sorry, uh, Rick Steiner. The Varsity Club, and um, against the Revolution, yeah. I think, wasn't it? What, what, no, it was pretty much just against um, Hacksaw. Let's just beat the shit out of the janitor yeah. of WCW. And then we had him appear on our um, WCW Nitro one in that per- commercial as what Wall Street. Yes. And you're I'm like, coming. what do you call him? You called him a poor man's IRS. He is. He's a poor man's <laughs> IRS, and you lost your shit uh, over him. It's like, oh, we, we don't say that. So why not? Damn. Why not? Man, look at those yes, he went by the name as VK Wall Street was the name that he had when he returned back to the WWF after doing yeah IRS for many years in the hey, World Wrestling Federation. Question. Yeah. Did IRS or Rotunda ever have some time in TNA? Total nonstop action. From question. memory, I don't believe, but I'm going okay. to be looking at this right now. Because I thought he was always a guy who used to work in the back, but I, my main, one of my main questions was, we've seen a lot of old school guys that were trying to hold on to that light sometimes, um, head over to, uh. So from what I can TNA. see here, it seems like a lot of it was, has been WWE as an agent. Thought so. Um, yeah. But he was also released in that big, uh, release of, um, talent a couple of weeks ago. His contract was released as well. Um. One of the many reasons why we've uh, stopped doing WWE shows, guys, because we're just uh, we're not really watching that type of product now, sadly. But what I've heard too is that many of the talent, not all talent that's been released, but a few actually might get brought back. Yeah. Because it was a cost-cutting measure yes. that they believe by July, September, money should be getting back up, businesses should be going back, COVID-19 should be minimised. And maybe they can start bringing talent back. They can start doing live shows, house shows. And again, a lot of guys that were released, were, a few of them were enhancement talents. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have them, how are you going to start pushing the stars that you want to have go off the line if you're cutting away the guys that you would have had that person be the jobber to? Um, but I've One heard, person, yeah, around July, September. I've heard uh, exactly the same line what you just said there about the enhancement talents. What are you going to use instead of them? Arn Anderson said that and said, mm. "Why, why do it? It was, there is no, well, there's probably is a, you know, a reason why they did it. Like you said, it was, oh, missed the headbutt." I think um, the big thing with it though is that a lot of their shows that are happening now are being taped as we speak. Yes. So it's like for the next few months, we see these people on Raw and SmackDown. You're your, this is the main talent base. We're yes. going to focus so many storylines about you guys, and then around let's say July, September we can start opening up more and bring those people back. But right now, let's focus on Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Andre. Uh, let's focus on Daniel Bryan and Rey Mysterio and Brandon Corbin. Let's make them the people. Yes. Um, and then we'll maybe we'll bring some NXT guys up, you know, like Sexton that wrestled recently on Raw. Let's bring up NXT guys for no reason and just put them on Raw. Yep. So, oh, okay, because we need someone to be jobbed out. You guys are still learning. You guys can be jobbed out to a, you know, a, the War Raiders or something like that. Yep. It's interesting. Well, just look at Ricochet, what's going on with him. 
yeah. Ricochet was going for the WWE Championship a couple of months ago against AJ, and now nothing against what's going what's going on. Well, who he's tagging with, but he's just getting squashed. What's the point? And I think with Ricochet, from what I was seeing a few months ago, is that it was around when Vince started watching a bit more of the talent, and he was like, okay, he just couldn't see Ricochet. He just couldn't see it as something that's like, yep, we're going to do something with that guy. Couldn't see the marquee value. And I think you go back to the, uh, what is it, Crown Jewel show against, is it Crown Jewel against uh, Brock? Yeah. That was what, Squished a him. minute, minute and a half, and it, it's done. And it's like, now what? Now what's he doing? He's with Cedric Alexander, and they're a tag team. Oh, okay. What does that mean? Like, what are they doing? Are they in title contention? Are you just going to split them up? What's the plan? Well, how I see it is they're just like, there's two black brothers hanging out, so let's just tag them up, and uh, so we can, you know, Shone to the um, the minority of the people watching the, the minorities, you know. That's what it sort of sounds like and looks like. Sadly, I know it's horrible to say, but just it disputes it. Definitely does. Yeah. So back to this one here. So Tommy Rich guys. So he's actually known by the names Mister R, Thomas Rich, Tommy Rich, and Tommy Richardson. Was trained by Jerry Jarrett, Jerry Lawyer. Tojo Yamamoto and Dick Steinborn debuted in 1974, still uh, going today at 63 years of age. So he would have been, what, 33 going into this match we're watching today. Jesus Christ. As I did say, he actually did win. He was only a one-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion. And I'm trying to find the timeline when he won it. Wasn't it? Oh, man, I'm trying to think my brain here. It's probably like in the mid-80s or something, towards the end of the 80s, and he beat Ric Flair for the title, and it was only for like one night, and then Flair won it back. I think you are right. I'm just going back yes. through some notes here to see when it was, because sure. I'm, th- I'm thinking mid-80s, but it might yep. be early 80s. Mike, Captain Mike returned it back in the ring, off the ropes. Over. No, it didn't happen. Oh, clothesline. These Samoans are way too strong. Tommy Rich wants that tag. He's trying to get it. No. Denied. Oh, here we go. He actually won the championship in 1981, April 27th. He won the title in Augusta, Georgia, and dropped it back to former champion Harley Race four days later. Four, yeah, just a four-day champion, Harley Race, yep. Uh, Race stated in a shoot interview with FR Video that the title switch was to ensure a power struggle in the Georgia Territory, which ended with Jim Barnett victorious. So they're just really doing, you know, let's make some interest of the fans, let's make an exciting finish, drop it, only to win it back, just to give the people in terms, wow, we can, anything can happen at a live show. There was also <clears throat> a bit of a rumour at that time that because um, um, Jim Barnett was um, very flamboyant, and was very openly gay, and that uh, Tommy Rich might have had to do something to get a title shot and also get the title. Yes, so I, I have heard of that before. Thank you. Heard that. What happens when podcast? Thank you. Yep. Thank you. There we go. There we go. Yes. How, what, are you, what episode are you up to? Oh, I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't listened to it for a while. Well, that's not good enough. I'm probably in 2018, <laughs> to be honest. Ooh. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Cornettes, a lot of Russo's brand, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, Talk is Jericho. So I'm, kind of thinking, I'm like, I'm in all the podcasts that you're kind of not listening to as much. 
Like, is um, he more like the Arn show? What happens when? Something to wrestle? Because I'm kind of in the ones that aren't a part of the uh, MLW network. 83 Weeks has been fantastic. I've been listening to some of their uh, Eric's uh, recent stuff. Well, that's four weeks kick. behind there. Okay. That's super kick to Mike Rotunda. Oh, my God. Nearly took his face off. That was like watching the Usos. Very cool. Yeah, he's down. He's, they're trying to get him back in the ring. So Tommy Rich actually had a lot of time in Memphis from 1984 to 1987. That's with Eddie Gilbert when he was doing his stuff there. Uh, yep. WCW was the uh, the York Nation or the York Foundation in 1989 to 1992. ECW in 1997 to 1999. Rich debuted in ECW in January of 1997. Later that year, he became the leader of the full-blooded Italians. Yes, yes. Adopting the nickname the Big Don and the tongue-in-cheek gimmick of a uh, Cabroni Jim. Both uh, Rich both managed the full-blooded Italians and occasionally wrestled. He left ECW in 1999. He did, yep. Did lots of indies, and he did indies for the next 15 years before he finished up retiring in 2015. That's fantastic. Still going, and stopped. And he did independent. Didn't really need to go back to any of the big companies. That's good. I know he does a lot of stuff with uh, a lot of the uh, conventions. There's lots of convention work, autograph signings and stuff, meeting fans. I so Sam Fatu, one of the members yep. of the uh, Wild Samoans, also the Tonga Kid, which Alan said earlier, guys. Yes. Also known as Tama, Tana Samoa, the Wild Samoan Nick, Wild Samoan Savage, Sam Fatu, and Samoan Number 4. That's back when they weren't even giving them gimmicks, like no name. That's Samoan 1, Samoan 2. Taking on this tag team. Three and four, then take on this tag team. Uh, he actually debuted in 1983 and retired in 2011. Wow. So he had a big career there. Big time. So he left uh, the World Wrestling Federation in 1988, going to the World Wrestling Council, which was actually run by Carlos Colon, the uh, father of Kalito that we have, for well, that debuted in the WWE. He's still going today also, I think, for that promotion. Yes. Uh, his later career, he was wrestling in the Universal Wrestling Association with his brother Fatu and cousin the great Kenoki. So, yeah, he mainly just did indies. So, you know, the uh, new wrestling evolution promotion. Yep. And as you said, yeah, he was in the uh, second season eh, of the uh, Dark Side of the Ring very recently. Only what, last month, I think, that came on. Yes, it was. And we've spoken about it. It looks like uh, we'll be... Uh... Again, later on, guys, we'll be talking about the show because we've got we've caught up in a few episodes together, and and the season finale will be on next week. It also says he he appeared in the 1986 film Highlander. Really? Yeah, Fatu appeared as the Tonga Kid in the opening scene of the 1986 film Highlander, where he was involved in a six-man tag team matchup with Greg Gagne against uh, Greg Gagne and Jim Vassell against the fabulous Freebirds. So maybe it's something that they... Yeah, I mean, it's probably something they shot from, like, a movie scene or something like that. I have to go watch that now. Oh, man. I have no me. memory. I do not remember, because uh, I remember seeing the Highlander, you know, there can only be one with Christopher Lambert, but, my God, there's a wrestling... Maybe there is. I have... No, I have no memory of that one. Same, same. Very cool. Look at that. That's how you get heat right there, putting his feet up on the ropes with his referee back to him. Look, he's going to do it again. Get some leverage, trying to choke Rotunda out. 
What do you reckon the attendance was for this event, Hell? A lot. 7,000 people, Hell, 7,500. It looks pretty packed, sort of. You could, yeah, it looks like. Well, I mean, there's people at the front row, like, moving around like they're having a party, a party at the barbecue. Oh, he's going to get to Tommy Ritchie's nearly there. Reach out, reach out, the referee. Distract, oh, no. I love this type of stuff. This is like the, uh, the road dog. And, oh, and uh, Billy Gunn back in the day, where road dog would get the absolute shit kicked out of him. And then the referee, it, you know, you go for a tag, a blind tag. But the referee wouldn't see it, so he grabbed Billy Gunn and take him back. Excellent. Oh, Jesus. Reminds me, it reminds me of the, the Halloween Havoc DDP Mark Mero matchup. It was, what, 18 minutes or something they had to kick off the um, Halloween Havoc 1995 show. Yep. Yep. At least, well, yeah. I think we probably get more of an enjoyment out of this match, I would say. Come on, Alan. What do what? you mean? Looks like a little Richard. And he was at our most recent Thunder show, wasn't he? That we that we watched a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, someone's <laughs> trying to fight Tank Abbott, eh? Yeah, me when I take the bins out. That's what I was looking at myself now as Tank Abbott. <laughs> with gloves and all. With gloves and all. No one messes with me. Alan, going to put a shirt on? No. It's five degrees outside. I don't care. I like it cold. So while this match is going on, guys, I want to do a quick little promo for one of our sponsors. I'm actually talking about Rogue Energy. For those of you who haven't checked out Rogue Energy, it's a premium energy drink company focusing on the gaming industry. Uh, they're a pure, uh, premium energy and focus supplement designed to optimize your mental and physical performance. Unlike unhealthy canned energy drinks, this powerful supplement can be taken daily for overall improved performance. With a formula packed full of vitamins, amino acids, and natural microtopics, Rogue Energy is a healthy way to increase your natural energy. Using the promotional code 2702, guys, actually gives you a discount on Rogue Energy. You can buy their formula packs, their shaker cups, and you can check them out directly on Twitter at Rogue Energy, R-O-G-U-E-E-N-E-Z-R-G-Y. Now, see, you're looking at me, and I stuffed up the spelling, and he's just smirking, isn't he? He's smirking from the other side of his screen. Rogue Energy, guys, 2702. Big wins from the Samoan SWAT team over there from Tommy Rich and Captain Mike Rotunda. And right now we have Tony Schiavone with the Steiner Brothers. I will say, this was a very awkward promo, though, when it's Scott's turn to speak. Just watch him. Yeah, this is before... <laughs> because Rick, back in the day, right at this time, Rick was the talker. Scotty wasn't. This is before Scotty became yeah. a mathematician. But if you close your eyes now, it sounds like Scotty that we've just seen like on our recent WCW shows. Exactly the same, probably less F-bombs, but he fat sounds asses. exactly the same. Just calling everyone fat asses, but this time, no. Look at that, you know, look at the hairstyle. Mullet, he's got this extreme mullet, and he's got the, the sides around there, colour around that too. Look, You can look at uh, Rick Stein's like, come on, brother, let's go. Look at those Michigan jackets. Those well, there was some... a storyline. Didn't they do a storyline where Missy Hyde or something was keen on Rick Steiner? Like, there was making it, like, it was to do with the whole storyline with um, Paulie Dangerously. I believe so, um, yes. And they, I think they ended up main eventing a show. It was like a two-on-one cage match. It was Arn Anderson and Paulie Dangerously against Scott Steiner in a steel, uh, against Rick Steiner in a steel cage. Yep, there we go. 
And we've got another match coming up now is a hair versus hair match. Oop. Oh, These are the sweepstakes winners, guys. Yep, when I like to watch Happy View and pay $49, I always like to see people win shit. <laughs> My favourite person is the woman from WrestleMania 17 that says, WWE rules. <laughs> Aussie. Stacked. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. There she is. Oh. Missy Hart, what's going on? Hey. That's some big hair. That's some big, big hair. Yes. Yes. Oh. This is Jay Tapperell. Sorry? It's Jay Tapper. He's a hair hair, um, designer. And you know that. He's a well-known hair designer, Al. I have a poster of him over there. You have a poster of him over there. Yes, Al. I have a poster of Jay Tapper right there in a glass frame, right? Why? I I work out in front of it. Just working in the nude. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, coming here, reason? just. Oh, 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 there's Paul Allering right there. I love how he's already there, though. Yeah. Like he didn't get an entrance. Is he a heel or a face here? He's a he's, he's a face in this one, yeah. All right, and then we got Taylor Long, of course. Here he comes. Look at Paul. Look at him. Oh my God! Look at him. Headgear on, gloves on. No one's shaving my head to that player. Or better known as Sugar Ray Long. <laughs> Sugar Ray Long. Oh, man. Fantastic. Another thing, too, also, we didn't mention it when we saw the Steiners. Uh, this was also the time when we had two tag team championships. We had the uh, the NWA United States tag team title and also the United States World tag team title. I think they would end up being merged in a few years to come. Um, where you'll just have the one championship belt. Now, guys, this is 157. This one goes for... Yeah, this match goes for 21, 20 minutes, 21 minutes and 21 <laughs> seconds. Here we go. Get ready. Strap in. Look strap at our ring gear. Strap, Look at our ring gear. Strap in and strap on. He was in the uh, Rogue Warriors episode last night. Oh, that's when I watched it. Um, I was, oh, look at this. This could be over. So the referee should really check those gloves. There's nothing inside those. I just love how it's, it's, it reminds me of the UFC because there was a fighter that used to wear one glove in oh, the old okay. times of the UFC. He would actually fight with one glove on. Look at Teddy Long. He is, like, quite ripped here. He's, um... Yeah. Oh, what's he doing here? He's pulling something out of it. No, he's tightening the glove. No, there's something No, there's something in that glove. I think he put something in there to load it. Oh, boy. No, this Look is the it. the camera guy oh, standing right so... there on the, on the rope. Is that... The Fat Man camera stand, I think that one's called, they call it. Um, oh, Armbreaker. J- Jackie Crockett. Jackie Crockett was one of the, um, film, uh, sorry, the man who'd use the camera. Oh, geez, he's trying to break the arm. He's right there in the camera shot, though. Yep, he is. Vince <clears throat> McMahon would have a bloody hernia if he saw that type of crap. God damn it! Oh, what <laughs> the hell? Where's this shit? Power slam, hey. power slam. Pretty thick himself too, Elring. Yeah, look at him, eh? Oh, he's got the loaded. Vi- uh, uh, no. You want me there to use it? Oh, use it. Wham! He had headgear on, but it knocked his ass out. <laughs> this is wrestling. This is wrestling. 
That's it. Look at the crowd. Look at these people. That Those dudes did not like Teddy Long one bit. No. Well, I think in all of I think we see Teddy at least three times tonight. So we see him in the mean mark bit. We yep. see him here. And then we also see him managing Doom later on tonight when they take on the Steiners. So your boys right here shaving the uh, whatever hair is left of Teddy Long. Go Tapper. Go, go Tapper. I, I love you, Tapper. Go Tapper. <laughs> Tapper, call me sometime. But I will say they don't actually shave his head bald. Is the interesting thing because when you do see him later on with Doom, his head's not bald. They simply just shaved some of his hair. They gave him a haircut. They gave him a trim. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, what Kevin Nash, Chris Jericho, hair match, and let's just give him a haircut so he can be the Russian in the Punisher. So it worked out all right, sort of. He's trying to hide behind the uh, in the ref there. I love that. No, no, no players. Don't let me. They, they can't see me. It's like it makes me uh, think back to the TNA time where there was a match where Van Piero took on Raven with, oh, yes. J- with James Mitchell. You and they were, they, they, yeah, they were using the old school Scalping. clippers, and he did it the wrong way. And <laughs> it's cutting his hair, but it's also cutting his head as it's cutting him. Oh, oh look out. Jesus Holy Christ. Holy arm, there they come. Look at arm there, strutting up there, yellow. He looks like something Sid, Miami Sid Vicious. Look at Sid. Sid looks scary in the tux. Look at, that, look at the size of his suit. He looks like a James Bond villain. We're alive, pal. Oh, my goodness. Look at Ollie Anderson, one of the most happiest bastards around. So they're talking about the horsemen here, and they're talking about Sting, and they're talking about Luger. Yeah, um, Sid should not be wearing a tux. That's He does look like a very much a Bond villain. He does, too. Arn Anderson here is just like... Uh, Come on, Ollie. I want to say something. I do love this man show. And I'm excited for next week that Arn Anderson and Jake the Snake Roberts are going to have a confrontation in oh, the wow. at AEW. Yeah, because what, Double or Nothing is taking place next weekend, I think, in, in the States. It's Again, it's a closed arena. Yes. Um, I think it's the 23rd or 24th. And there he is, Ric Flair. The Nature Boy, Ric Flair. With the old NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Yes. Which would end up becoming the big, uh, the big gold, and they would replace the words NWA with WCW. Correct. And then when that belt joined uh, the World Wrestling Entertainment, they had the WWE logo put in. They made the strap black as well. There's a lot of time for the Iron Anderson show. If uh, Whenever that comes up on my feed, bang, it's one of the first shows I love to uh, download and just listen Listen to this man tell stories. Mm. I've checked out one show of his, and that was the WrestleMania show that he did earlier this year. I think it was March. Yep. I saw a thing on Twitter. People have been comparing who's Spinebusters better, Ron Simmons or Arn Anderson. And it's overwhelmingly it's for Arn Anderson. Who would you rather take if you, in the day, who would you want to... Someone's going to pick you up off the ground and then smush you into the ground, or someone's going to guide you. Bang. <laughs> right Ron there. Simmons lets go about halfway up. Up yeah. you go, and then down you go. Just lets yeah. go of you. Yep, big time. No, I'd either take an Arn Anderson spine buster. Same, same. Yeah. Give me that any day. And that's Whereas... what I loved when Triple H started doing it. They still yeah. love that. Like when he had Ric Flair in his corner during the evolution times, it was really starting to do that spine buster. And was very similar, you know, looking at Arn, what he was doing. Big time. 
big time. Well, if you go back and, you know, the evolution time was very much like a very, it was like a 2000 version of um, the Horseman. Yeah. You had the muscles, you had the 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 quickness, uh, you had the old you had the old school soldier, and you had the champion. Well, it was very similar. It was like Ric Flair had become the um, what JJ Dillon. Yes. Because JJ wasn't as active towards the end of his career when he was managing the Four Horsemen and Evolution. You know that's what it looked like. Flair had become was the JJ Dillon. Triple H was the Flair. You know Anderson would have been Batista, and like mm. Wyndham was kind of like even Orton breaking into it because yes. Wyndham was really young then. So. Look at look, look at these blonde manes, man. Yeah, man. It was just such a common thing. Back then it was. I mean, if you if we go back and look at the photos of, of probably us back in at this time in 1990, I think we had mullets. Yeah. I think we did. And now you've just, I don't know what you've got. It's something, you know. <laughs> and we've got Joe at Jim Cornette here without the glasses, because I'm so used to seeing him in glasses. He's not swearing here either. Yeah. <laughs> and calling Trump a, 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 a pig effer. Or, I just find it funny that I think I was telling you last month that I listened to two shows with like two completely different opinions. I got Russo on one side, and then I listened to Jim Cornette during the week as well. I, I don't know how you could do that, man. That's that's just yeah. too much. It's too much. It's just good to hear two different takes to see where they're at. Okay. Um, this is such a good team. Like the Z-Man and Pillman, just look at them, just chiseled from rock. Just two young guys that just get up there, the pink tights of um, Pillman. Yeah, th- these guys are very much, uh, from what we heard, uh, like to um, share the ladies. <laughs> well, they are a tag team. Yeah, exactly, and that's what a bit of that mm, tag team action going on. Did you see the woman on the on the side there when Brian Pillman and Z-Man high-fived each other had a Bart Simpson T-shirt? Oh, wow. A Bart Simpson T-shirt. How awesome is that? When did The Simpsons come out? 1989, I think it was. Yes, so it's it was. only, what, a year old now. Wow. We we got it here in 1990. And remember, guys, you can always go back and listen to our one of our Christmas episodes that we, uh, we did, The Simpsons, the first episode of... That was at Simpsons roasting on an open fire. What are Good those episode. bottom guys doing down there, down the bottom there? What the hell? Yeah, the, the bald those, dudes. Yeah, you see them? Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they're, the they're, they're getting cornered and they're telling him off. All right, you talk. I'll be back. Yeah. For those of you watching it, I just want to say I just love the look of what Morton and Gibson's tights. They're just almost like they're the same color as human skin. Even with Pillman's the same. So Jim Cornette is being forced to go into the shark cage as he cannot be involved. As we know, he's quite a sneaky manager. They would always find a way to use his racket uh, to help his team end up getting the win. So what we might do is use this time. This match is uh, 20 minutes and 20 seconds for the NWA United States uh, Tag Team Championship. So let's have a bit of a talk about the Midnight Express. Um, there's the big shoulder tackle there by Randy Anderson to Jim Cornette. And now it looks like Z-Man and Pillman are about to put him in the cage. Um, so, again, Midnight Express was a team that I got to know a little bit later in my uh, journey of watching pro wrestling because, again, I got into it in the mid to late 90s. I do remember that there was the new Midnight Express, and that was probably one of the first times I remember hearing the name, and that was the Bart Gunn, Bob Holly team that Cornette managed uh, during this time of, I think it was like an NWA 
invasion angle that they were doing in the late 90s, also with uh, Dan Seven and also Jeff Jarrett, who was coming in as the NWA National Heavyweight Champion. So uh, the Midnight Express had a couple of different names. There was the Midnight Express, the original Midnight Express, and the new Midnight Express. Many different members, including uh, Randy Rose, Jack Victory, Ron Starr, the Honky Tonk Man, Conrad Brusick, Bombastic Bob, Bodacious Bart, Rip Morton, Ricky Nelson, Rick Harris, Big Bubba Rogers, Stan Lane, Dennis Condry, Hercules Hernandez, and Bobby Eaton that we see on our screen. And to think the actual team, what, kicked into wrestling in 1980 and didn't split up until 2011. So that's, what, a 31-year career as a tag team. You're back, El. I am. Are you just discussing the Midnight Express, are you? Well, I was just talking about the first time that I really got to see them was the new Midnight Express. Remember Bodacious Bart and Bob Holly when they were doing that thing with Jim Cornette in the 90s? That's sure. my first exposure to the team. Same. Um, during the NWA invasion angle they were doing with Jeff Jarrett and Dan Seven as well. When they were defending NWA belts on WWE TV. Yes. And Cornette just got a massive shoulder tackle by Randy Anderson and he's now in the shark cage that has been pushed up the rampway. But strange, it's now made its way back down the rampway. So now he's just at ringside in the cage. Ah, okay. Um, very good then. <laughs> I've got to admit, guys, I'm, well, I'm wheeling back here. It's just wheeling down the ramp. No one's he, he, it. He'd be swearing at every person that was going, come on, get me. Whoa. Oh, wow. Jeez. Look at these boys. So first time that Z-Man's been on the show, we've had Pillman, I think, once or twice. We had him on the first Nitro that we did. We took on Justin Liger. Uh, that was the very first match on the very first Nitro from the Mall of America in September of 1995. Um, Z-Man, uh, Tom Zink. Let me tell you why. Me and Brian will double team your girl. From what I can remember about Tom Zink uh, using the uh, the WWE Network is lots of his matches against um, Stunning Steve Austin. I think that was over the TV Championship um, on yes. the old Saturday Night's Main Event. Back when like every show almost had a two out of three balls matchup on all of those cards. Yep. It was a big thing in that time. I just love that. Look at these guys. They're all oiled up. Yeah, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> Pass the butter. So Z-Man right now, he passed away in uh, December of 2017, age 59. Yes, he did. Uh, so he would have been, at this time period, 29 years of age. Also only known by two ring names, Tom Zink and the Z-Man. He was trained by Brad Rahims and Eddie Sharkey. Mm-hmm. He had a, a bodybuilding career in the mid-80s uh, before stepping into wrestling in the mid to late 1980s. So so says his, Zink was introduced win. to pro wrestling by Road Warrior Animal, who he met in a, in a bodybuilding contest. Cool. Wrestled over there in Mid-South Wrestling, also the AWA, the American Wrestling Association, mostly in the undercard. He was also named Rookie of the Year for 1984 by the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, tying it with Justin Liger. Oh, wow. That's cool. He went over to uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling in December and November of 1986. Uh, the WWE had one year there. So it oh. says he in uh, October of 1986, Zinx and Mantel, so this would have been, what, Rick Mantel, yes. were signed by the WWE. 
they teamed together in the Can-Am, as the Can-Am Connection. In the opening bout of WrestleMania 3, the Can-Am Connection defeated Don Morocco and Bob Orton Jr. Ooh. The Can-Am Connection were planned to become the WWE's top face tag team and eventually win the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Championship, but in the mid-1987, Zink resigned from the WWF due to a pay dispute. Mm-hmm. Right show there, Jim Cornette in the uh, in the K in the shark cage. So he spent a lot of time in Japan after that for another two years, and then he returned back to WCW in 1989, going by the name the Z Man. Made his debut back at the Clash of the Champions number eight oh, in September. Daniel Bryan, I just call him Daniel Bryan. Brian Pillman just flying all over the place. And that's the thing, Pillman was so different for his time. Oh, yeah. Like, you think today of Rob Van Dam, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, all those guys. Like, he was the guy doing it back then. But he also was, he wasn't massive, you know, but he still had a strong ring presence. But he was doing all that cruiserweight stuff that we see today, but all the way back in what, 1990, 91, 92, 93. And he's a, he's, he's a big dude doing cruiserweight things, which is very cool, especially at this time. But again, they wouldn't really call it cruiserweights at this time. It was just, Big dudes doing big things. Uh, just to correct myself, it wasn't Stunning Steve, it was Arn Anderson that he feuded over the TV championship. That would nice. have been, what, the next two years after this, where they had many matches as well. Um, in 1991, he officially became the final NWA TV champion and actually was then crowned the first WCW World TV champion. Oh, okay. Yeah. So cool. the NWA TV title, I think, is back now in uh, the NWA PAL promotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just looking when he finished up his career. So he finished up in 1996. And that was a part of the American Wrestling Federation where he finished his career in October of that year. And he passed away. Uh, what's this one? It might have been a heart issue, I think. Yeah, it was an artery issue with his heart. Yeah, and he passed away at 59, I think he was. A few seconds ago, they did a great shot of uh, Jim Cornette talking through the, the shark cage and then the camera approaching Jim Cornette and Jim Cornette going, well, get this camera out of my face. Move it. I don't want you in my face. Move it. He was like, he was oh, trying Jim. to talk. He was trying to get some points over. Do you listen to his show regularly or just what, just every so often or? Every so often I do. I, I, I have to have my, uh, immaturity, fart jokes, dick jokes, uh, take every now and again on, uh, what happened when. And, uh, I've signed up to their, uh, Patreon of their free, uh, free shows, uh, yep. ad free shows. So I go back and listen to, uh, so if I go and listen to their shows, there's no ads. There's no dick pill ads. There's no, uh, you know, uh, purple mattress ads. It's just talk. So question. So how does a sponsor get on the show then? How do they get any, there's just no, how does that work? Well, pretty much what you're paying. Cause you're at this time, you're going to, cause I'm all the shows now. So I can go back in 83 weeks. Um, we got grilling JR, uh, the Arn Anderson, Arn, and then we got what happened when, and then Bruce's show. So you pretty much get all five shows, no ads, but with the pay, but pretty much what you pay for is what you, you're pretty much contributing to them. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was just thinking like, what if a, you know, a company did want to promote their work, 
So is the one so the one that's on Apple iTunes then every week? Do they have ads? Yes. Okay, but so then you can then purchase one that doesn't have them. Correct. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. Because I yeah. saw it all on their Twitters and I just didn't understand how it meant. But I thought I'll ask you when I see it next because I thought yeah you would have jumped on on that opportunity. So for sure, I did definitely. Oh. Well, I, I I'm I subscribe to both the experience, uh, but the I'd really. The one with Brian Lay, uh, Lane, I really like that. Like, cause he's more of, it's question time with Jim, it seems like. You know, did you watch Money in the Bank? Did you watch WrestleMania? What's your take on that? Where the other one, it's more, you know, the experience is mainly him talking. Yes. Where Brian's more the guest on that, where the drive through is more, you know, Brian leads the show and Jim runs it. I like that better. Um, well, that, that one's good because it's purely for questions for the yeah. fans, the people that have listened to, you know, who, listen to Jim and love Jim and follow him on Twitter. They just want to ask some old school times with, you know, the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express. Well, I, and... I find with me, like, since we made the decision to, you know, kind of stop doing the World Wrestling Federation, you know, time and the WWE time of 2015, you know, I've been going back and, like, a lot of stuff that he talks about is the old original times of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And one of the books I recently got is one of the original wrestling documentary books. You know, talks about the guy that actually went into wrestling and started to understand the sport more. And, you know, back when you had the strongmen, you know, doing stuff at, you know, circus shows who were wrestling for real. And then slowly started to break into, well, we could get paid if we actually could script some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and then that, this is like 19, what, 20s, 1910, you know, Luthes and all those guys stepping in. And I find his knowledge very good. Um, but then other things you make you go, Jesus, well, this guy's just on fire. Like, where's he, where's he getting this from? He's full of quotes. He's got a lot of history, a lot of stories. What's um, the, um, what's the book? Uh, I'll have to load up my iBooks on here because it's sure. on my iPad that we're recording. All right. That's uh, good. That's cool. I'll find the name of it though. Okay. I bought it for about, like, I think it was like 10 bucks on, uh, I uh, just finished off the uh, Justin Roberts book on audio, uh, yep. Audible, just uh, the other day, and uh, that's a very interesting story. The he, he, the kid likes to talk about himself quite a bit, but you can understand. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, he wants to pretty much make sure he wants to let the world know that what happened with his time in the WWE, and uh, it it didn't really sound like he was smooth sailing for the young fella. So, yeah. Yeah, he's a good cat. Like, I remember watching him. Well, I think he was in, was he in ECW at all doing the announcing then when it was WWE yes. ECW? Yes. Um, well, I think that's how we've actually first debuted, I think, going into that. Because I've been watching a few of that shows on the old network. Uh, he actually originally started when uh, Leon Garcia wanted some time off. Yep. And he started doing it. And then she came back and they're like, well, we prefer to have a lady to do it, Justin. And then when they reopened, um, WWE did their sort of vanity project on ECW that he did. And, yep. uh, a lot, he came along and did the, uh, work there. And then all of a sudden just, uh, he was during that pay cut time in that, in those years. And he decided, they said, no, we're going to let you go. And, you know, he's done some acting things and he's done some other great stuff like that. And now he's in AEW. And did you say it was an audio book? Yes. Okay. Is it him speaking or someone else speaking? It's him speaking. Yeah, he, oh, wow. uh, he narrates it just like what JR did in Under the um, Under the Black Hat. It seems to be a, a really big thing now with audiobooks. Like again, it's almost like a podcast in itself because it's you can pause it when you want, you can play it whenever you want. 
I but I still I'm an old I love reading books. Like I buy so many books every month. I read it like almost every day. Uh the book guys is called The Fall Guys. Um so it actually was written by let me get the name by Marcus Griffin. Uh it came out quite a while ago now, but actually I think it was the first season of Dark Side of the Ring. Jim Cornette references that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's called The Fall Guys. I bought it on iBooks for about 10 bucks, I think. It's only 393 pages, um, but it's a really good take around a person as a fan's insight into the world of pro wrestling. But again, it was kind of breaking kayfabe at times, how people would script a match, and then they're seen later on together, where if you're meant to be heel and face, you shouldn't be together. True. Um, so you, know, you look at people like Schultz from you know Dark Side of the Ring, he lived that kayfabe. You know, fans and heels aren't, oh, you know, heels and faces aren't together. I'm not your friend. And when we're in there, you're not my mate at all. Um, we're actually going to put on a show, but after this, you know, I'm going to play this character for real. Um, but again, that's the picture there. I'll show you, Well, That's the book, The Fall Guys by Marcus Griffin. Highly you recommend. Should, I'm about uh, 100 pages in. You should uh, put that up on tw- our Twitter and uh, say that you're reading that, man. That would be awesome. Get more people to do it. Because during this time, guys, it is a good time to sit down and read a good book or listen to something and just just to keep yourself busy, especially. And, man, again, if you're going right now and you're watching this show with us at the, sorry, at the 1 hour 21, 23 second mark of Capital uh, Combat, WCW 1990, we are hoping that we are bringing you a distraction of what's going on around the world right now. And I think, too, though, this is the the first event with this. I know this was actually the inaugural and only, I think, Capital Combat that they actually did. WWE did what? Um, Capital Punishment, which was in 2011, which had what Barack Obama, Rey Mysterio, and John Cena on the original poster done in a caricature style. Mm-hmm. And the main event was R-Truth and John Cena for yes. the WWE title. But I always, it takes me back because it sounds like Capital, it sounds like Capital Carnage. And yep. then uh, WWF do that in England? Yeah, they had Capital Carnage in England. That's right, yes. Look at yeah. Alan's eyes. Look at him blinking and flashing. <laughs> Jacqueline, guys. <laughs> On Teddy Long's back, and Sable tries to help her down, but her top falls off. Yes. And you see some brown rounds. <laughs> oh, baby. And the funny thing is, guys, we actually had a copy of it that was uncensored, so... As young guys watching wrestling, we're like, what is this? Wow. wow. <laughs> you rewind it back at that little flickery part of the VHS tape you rewind it back to. I, know, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. That never happened. That never happened yeah. because I looked after the tape properly. <laughs> back into plastics, yes. Keep it up on the top shelf. Away from Thomas. Oh, man. Yes, Capital, to... Capital Carnage. That was with Vinnie Jones, I think, was also on that card. He in was. the corner of um, Austin against the corporation. Yes, because during that time is when um, oh, what was the movie he was in? Smoking. Oh, that's gonna. Oh, me the now. Lock, Stock, and what? Smoking Barrels. Yeah. Thank you very much. Classic yeah. movie. And he was known as a bit of a, a renegade off there on the soccer field too. Uh, he's a bit rough, and also after the the matches too, he's a bit of a party guy. Yes. Film and bleeding here. I just noticed. Yeah, this is a long match, isn't it? This goes for like 20 minutes, doesn't it? 2025, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, because then after this, we have a another tag team match with the with the straps that Tom would like to see in the strap match. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying, though? 
Four more times, explain for everyone. Just so let me try and think about it. So it would be a tornado tag. You would not have to stand on the aprons. Yeah. So right. let's say, for example, right? So Ricky Morden, right? He mm. would be tied to Jimmy Garvin. Yeah. And Michael Hayes will be against Robert Gibson. They're each tied up together. All right? right. And they just fight. It's just a fight. So no very long extensions of uh, strap. <laughs> so just making sure that the, the wrestlers have to stay on each side. So no, they don't. They they're, oh. they're not on the. They're not standing like see like zinc now, right? So zinc's over there. They don't need to be like that. It's just a fight. You just strapped to two guys. So it's like you said, a Texas tornado style yes. strap match. You thought I was saying as a regular tag match, make them strap together. How would that work, El? I don't know, Tom. This is your idea. Shut why up. would you want to? Why would you want to do that? You know, for God's sake, someone could get hurt. <laughs> oh my! Goodness. I don't know what to say. Just smile and nod. Look at that. I'm going to call my company um, the Elite Wrestling Federation. We're going to get a show in Las Vegas. Um, What are you going to call it again? (laughs) The Elite Wrestling Federation. Elite Wrestling, so EWF. Yep. We're going to hire in all the talent, and then they're going to sign to go somewhere else. I'm going to get my cowboy boots. (laughs) Are are you trying to make it? Oh my goodness, Brian! These guys have been the snot out of each yeah, other. Yeah, so this I was doing what... a UWF, uh, my own version of it. Yes. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, this sounds very, very familiar. Oh, the tag! Here we go. Zinc's in. Here we go. Hot tag, hot tag. Get your hot tags, ladies. Lining up, lining up. First you'll get jumped the... up. Then you first you get the zinc, and then you get the Brian afterwards. Ah. You don't. His understand. son's doing some. No, I don't. <laughs> Why laugh? Yeah, why are you laughing? Oh, just because it sounded funny. <laughs> I was confused. I thought you were going to say, first you get the zinc, then you get the pink. And I'm like, what does that mean? I thought you were going to say that. And I'm like, I don't know. Look, I thought that's what you were going to say because it rhymes with zinc. So first you get the zinc and then you get that pink. <laughs> pink eyes. Brian. Oh. <laughs> that's what we call Daniel. That's what we call um, Brian Pillman. We call him the uh, the pink. <laughs> And he's the P man, the P man. The P's got to put it in the stink. <laughs> That's what it sounds like, Tom. So you're saying uh, that Z man and Daniel and uh, Brian Pillman are into that bit of that, that double. Well, you, double... you said that they were tag team. They were tag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you bit of like a bit of front door back action, hey? Well, Matching. so what you're telling me that one just waited on the side then and waited? Oh, you're right. Oh, oh no, 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 no. He, he was probably getting his gimmick on. Ah, okay. Yeah. Right. So, I like wrestling, especially from 1990. It was a good time. Then. Here we go, count it. Two. And we Three. have new NWA United States Tag Team Champs. And it's because of the confusion there, because there was a cover happening by Zinc. Pillman goes outside the ring, but then one of the members of the Express rolled his, his uh, tag partner over the top. Yes. Anderson pushes out Pillman, and now we have new North, uh, new uh, United States Tag Champs. Very cool. Very cool. The bad guys. And Jimmy Cornette did not get in trouble because he was in the shark cage the whole time. So they didn't need him there. Just to so keep this, this is the switch. Watch the kick here. Kicks him in the liver, the liver I think. Yeah, it's the liver kick. Head. Ooh, there Ooh. he goes. Pulls him in for the cover. So there goes Pillman outside. Anderson sees the roll-up happen and then counts the three. One, two. And if you, that wasn't a liver kick, to, guys, it was more up in the front of shoulder, up in the shoulder blades. But Tom likes to believe that the liver is up near the shoulder blades. What a dick! 
thanks, Phil. Yeah, yeah, move on. I always make me feel sad when I look at Randy Anderson and think about that gimmick where Bischoff fired him in, on Nitro and they thought it was real. <laughs> I have a family. I have a family. <laughs> and he brought him in, too. He's real kids and he's real family. Please don't fire Daddy. And then supposedly Bischoff said he actually had people calling the state, calling WCW, who were his personal friends, saying, can you please not fire Randy? Can you please oh, not fire him? Tom, Tom, he's oh, here. There he he's is. Here. Oh, my God. Oh, what, what? Wait, hey. We want to see the Robocop. Look at that, man. Static. Shh. Who's the hacker? <laughs> it's the whole time. Robocop. It's Robocop. the Robocop's the hacker, guys. 30 years later. Yeah, we put him in Mortal Kombat. Now he's in WWE. How good WWE. is that, man? I am so pumped for Robocop, guys, in Mortal Kombat. There's uh, Mortal Kombat The Aftermath. We've got Shiva, and we're going to get Robocop, and he comes Sting. Look at him. Look at the Stinger. Those parachute cargo pants, look at him. Yeah, what's up, hip cats? <laughs> Sup, stingers? Yeah, man, what's going on? Let's go surfing, yeah. And also, oh, be really man. nice. Let's go to church every Sunday. Be nice to our parents. Okay. So you think on the other product, you had Hogan. Like the two big stars, you had Hogan and you had Sting. You know, the, the Hulkster's on one side and Little Stinger's on the other side. Yep, that's right. And here he comes. The it's ultimate officer. Officer Robocop. I love the, the walk, though, because I watched Robocop like two weeks ago on Stan. I watched Robocop 1 and 2, and then once I saw this event on the network, I said, yep, we have to do it. Did it happen in May? Yes, it happened in May. Oh. Let's do it. Oh, oh the horseman. On. The horseman had just attacked Sting, and they're putting him in the shark cage. Here he comes. Look at him. Do you remember? You had a figurine of, well, of this, well, didn't he, you? He, he slipped a bit then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh dear! Oh man, here he comes! Look at uh, look at Arn, huh? What was this guy? What the hell is this? Huh? You're going he doesn't, down. He doesn't sir. even touch the horseman, but watch him raise the bars. You can already see they're kind of bent. Oh, don't they just... take it. <laughs> yes. And the door too, Al. You should just throw it at Sid. Just throw that's it. That's gotta be Robocop. That's gotta that's, be Robocop. That's gotta be him. Oh, just then it takes him out there. Okay, okay, man. Well, let's back up. Let's back up. We don't want to mess with the man in the. In the... He should get his gun out. Why didn't he yeah. get his gun out? Listen Dad. up, creep. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't he get his gun out? <laughs> Come on. From his leg, you know, from the leg. Comes out, then he spins it back around, slides it back in. That's not Peter Weller. Is that Peter Weller in there? No. I actually not, don't no. think it was him. No. It wasn't. No, it wasn't him. It was a, it's a, a stunt dude. Okay, let's go. I must act like this. Because Weller, do you actually hear about what they're doing with Weller? He's what? actually going to voice Robocop in the game of MK. Yeah, it's the first time he's actually voiced well. Oh. It's the first time. He's, he's, he's slipping there in that suit. It's the first time he's actually done anything with Robocop since Robocop, 9, uh, Robocop 2. Yeah. Back in like 91 or something like that. Question, will we see um, Robocop anymore tonight? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I'm then not sure. The hell, then let's just stop watching right now. This is the, reason, <laughs> this is the main reason why I'm staying up so late right now, guys. It was purely to see Robocop. And nope, we're not seeing And you think of the poster. He's front and center on the poster with LOD. With the Road Royce, it's Robocop massive on the poster. That's right. Oh, we got the young, we got the junk food dog. I mean, the junkyard dog. 
So he's, he's re-signed to WCW. So you're telling me we're not going to see RoboCop now? No, that's it. He's not going to come out and help uh, help Luger against Flair? Uh, from my memory, I don't think so. Then why are we still watching this again, Tom? Because oh, we're, this... we're halfway through. We've only got an hour and, what, 17 minutes left, Del. <sighs> Fine. Okay, sure. <laughs> let's let's watch wrestling. <sighs> I wanted fun. Yeah, I wanted to have a good time. But no, I get to see the junkyard dog with Tony Schiavone. And I got to say, oh, this Jimmy... Jimmy's on the screen, but that's okay. But we don't get to see Robocop anymore because he's gone. He was having a bit of trouble with his, uh, with, his, with, his, with his legs. To be honest, I watched this a few weeks ago and didn't notice the slipping. I've been on the suit going, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> I think, like, parts of his legs started falling off. And he's trying to, like, hold on, creep. I need to hold oh, on. Oh, man. Oh. oh, well. I was excited. I got excited then for Robocop, but then I didn't expect it to uh, be over so quickly. I will say the one thing about the main event, there's a real time crunch where you actually have JR screaming through the headset. We, we've got 20 seconds left. We've got 20 seconds left. And there was a part they were meant to do that they didn't do. They didn't sum it up properly. Yeah, so you have to wait and see that. Okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> but where's Robocop? Yeah, does Robocop, <laughs> does Robocop come oh. back? Oh, my goodness. Uh, smack him on the bottom. Opens the mouth up, just shoves the whole thing in down the, the throat. Yeah. What the hell's wrong with it? Like a magic trick, it's, it shrinks in his mouth as it goes in. Wait. It should, told it. <laughs> we're, going well, to we're going back to Tom Zink again, aren't we? There's a shrinking, is it? Sorry, babe. Damn it. Sorry, babe. Sorry. <laughs> you, you look really good tonight. Yeah, sorry. Can we move on? I want to hear this chat with you. Oh, wait a minute. What? Look at this, hell. Yeah, with the jukebox. Come on, get happy. Before Come there was get... TikTok videos, you had these guys doing it. Wait, what are you talking about? Do you know what a TikTok is? Yes, I do, Well, What's a TikTok video? People dancing, doing dances. In front of a camera, in front of a mobile device. Who's but look at them device? doing their moves together. I'm saying before there was TikTok, these fellas look, are doing it. Here, here's, your, here's, here's your English language for today, guys. Look, look at them. Look at them doing the dancing. That's what you just said then, dickhead. Mm, yes, I did. Yeah. We've actually been asked are we going to do any TikTok stuff. Yeah. From who? I got a DM about it. What do they want us to do? I just say, are you guys? Have you guys done any TikToks? Or are you interested in doing any? Hey guys, do you want to be a TikTok queen? <laughs> <laughs> hey. Oh who, man. Name this person who's talking because I let like it. Let me let me find it. Um, I like it. I like it. Alan knows. No. Oh. I would do it to this to this song in general. Bastries, Atlanta, GA, oh, whoa, whoa. Bastries in the whole USA, oh, whoa, whoa. Uh, where did Bastries. I see it? Hey, you guys like TikTok? It was from the, the Wrestle Hub, at Wrestle Hub. Okay, cool. It was, uh, have you guys started using TikTok yet? And I said, it's not really my thing, but I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't think uh, out my co-host, you, would be kind of hastening. He said, yeah, a lot of people, it's not really for them, but in terms of getting a lot of buzz around your podcast and stuff, it's very popular. Well, if I want to be a cheap hoe, I can actually, I'm going to say that, yes, your boy right here does have a TikTok. And I do do Alan. some video. Yeah, I do. 
I do some videos. You don't do cam it, shows, do you? No, this is not like cam soda. <laughs> this is not like OnlyFans. Hey, guys, check out the broadcast. <laughs> well, this is my new video. <laughs> hey, 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 guys, what's going on? It's your boy, Alan. Don't know, I'm just going to take my clothes off. But um, just make sure. Had a big, sure. Had a big, big day at work. Big day at work, but just remember, in two weeks' time, the broadcast is going to have a new episode. So you, you guys can listen to me on my podcast and then come back here later on and watch me jerk off for half an hour. Uh, and then, uh, and half an hour. I'll do a bunch of Viagra and I'll pretend to jerk it. And, oh, this is terrible. And if you, you know, oh. if, if you pay me enough, and if I get a couple of subs, <clears throat> I'll, I'll repeat the things you want me to say on the cam show. Oh, shit. Yeah, Jesus guys. hell. So, long story short, oh. no, TikTok is not for that dickhead. Okay. Oh, the moonwalk. The moonwalk by Michael P.S. Hayes. So, excuse me. Um, what am I looking for? The TikTok. Yes, I, I'm at uh, Alan Harrison 4. As Alan, in number 4 or the word 4? No, the number 4. Um, I'm on there. And there's a picture <laughs> of me. And my other account is? <laughs> only uh, Alan Harrison 44 on OnlyFans. Oh, look at Yep. And uh, I'll do cam soda as well. And, uh, yep, just do a bunch of Viagra and oh, jerk geez. off for half an hour. Half an hour, man. I make the dosh. I make the money, money. How are you all going? You guys all good? Yeah, thanks for joining in. All thanks. right. That's, that's very good. But I also... <laughs> you guys like a companion the other day? You did? No, nah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for thanks. all checking us out. Thanks, guys, for coming into the show right here, guys. Here's your boy, <laughs> Alan. <laughs> Oh, and the thing is, we're joking about this, but somewhere in this wonderful world that we live in, someone's doing it. Someone's out there. It's at this time of the year where people are very much isolated in their houses, yep. and they're very much uh, you're either hungry, strong, or or you're or you're horny, strong. You're, you know whatever's going on in the world, and a lot of people are doing that. You're either, you know. Because I've spoken to a few people that are who are single, and you know, I'm very, luckily for us, we've got some really good people in our lives. But the, the single people out there are just—I can't wait for this bloody corona to get over. I need to get a leg up. Yeah. Do you have to breathe so heavily into the mic like that? That's how I breathe, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Stop it! Stop! Don't don't do that. Please. Not long to COVID 19s gone. Gonna go out. <laughs> you wait what? here, Daddy. Gonna go inside a club, say hi to some beer boys, the followers. Thank you for the TikTok support. Thank them. Thank them. Say thank you. <laughs> say thank you. Okay. Alan puts a lot of effort into his videos, all by asking you guys to support the broadcast, Rogue Energy, and all that stuff. Yeah? <laughs> oh, man. Just put the bloody, get the powder and put it in the bloody water and spin <laughs> and, and mix and drink. 
And play your bloody games. Play your games with it. Play your bloody games. It keeps you alert. Play the COD. Play the Rainbow Six. Play the Red Dead Redemption. And with that, guys, I actually want to talk about a new partner of the broadcast. Talking about games, we are talking about Luxty, which is actually your gaming grips. So if you have a Switch, an Xbox, or a PlayStation 4... If you know those little, you know, the olive sticks that you guys run your fingers up and down when you're playing the game, we have a possibility for you guys to get some new grips. We're talking about green ones or black ones or red ones or yellow ones or blue ones, whatever you would like to have for your gaming grips, you can actually get them at luxty.com. And actually for the broadcast, we have a special offer who actually listen to our show. You can get not only 5%, not 10%, you can get 15% off your purchases. And these are actually really actually a good price for these gaming grips. Some are arranged like three to four bucks. So if you're getting a 15% discount on top of that, that's a good deal for you. So not only could you be sitting there with your Rogue Energy drink, but also with your gaming grips from uh, Luxty, use your promotional code, which is actually BRO247. That's B-R-O-247, and get yourself 15% off your Luxty uh, gaming grip cell. Any comments you want to make there? I'm looking forward to getting these bad boys. I want these in my life because I, uh, during the COVID times, I've uh, really got me back into a lot of online gaming and thanks to Rogue, and now that I'm looking forward to these Luxy Grips are coming into my life, I'm going to be a uh, imitable force online. So heads up, people. We come to you, N-word. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> oh. There's also another sponsor, guys, that I'll also drop at the end of this show that also relates back to gaming as well, guys. So you have to wait to the very end to hear who that is. Ooh. Nintendo! No, it's not Nintendo, but... <laughs> Why would Nintendo sponsor us, Tom? It's Nimpingu. It's another company. They that's like a, them. Their logo looks the same. Pingu. So it sounds like the... Uh, <coughs> the no- sure, cough into the mic. Sure, a little bit louder. Are you talking about the French penguin? Yes. The, yes. Yes. Was it, was it French or Norwegian or something? You know what? I'm going to find out. Oh, Jesus. We've got a fantastic match happening right here, guys. And let's talk about Pingu, the penguin. <laughs> Pingu penguin. Let's have a look. <laughs> Talking to your phone when you say that, too, would be great. That's not the right one. What's that one? Oh, something completely different. All to you. <laughs> Favourites? What? I like the furry penguin stuff. That's what <laughs> I'm into. Pingu the Penguin, 1986, a comedy series that went for six seasons. So where did it come from? Where are you from, Pingu? Where'd you come from? Where'd you go? It is. What did you say? What did you say? Norwegian. From the country of Switzerland. It was Switzerland from 1990 to 2000 and United Kingdom from 2003 to 2006. That's great. That's great. Thanks. We should do a Pingu companion, Al. I wouldn't have any idea what the hell they're saying. <laughs> Chucking some Gumby, you know, just chilling out, Al. Chucking some Gumby? <laughs> they were both clay, clay mation. Yes, they were. They were fully grown men playing with clay. Just like us, fully grown men watching wrestling from uh, many moons ago. I've had a lot of discussions with people online about Gumby. Oh, here we go. Let me talk about it. He's almost like the ultimate hero, though, because he can almost become anything. Like, he'd become a puddle. 
You can become a chair. You can become anything. What What's the purpose of a puddle? Uh, if you wanted to duck. Sorry? <laughs> if you wanted to duck down. Then someone steps on you in the puddle. Yeah. No, no, no. If they stepped on the puddle, then he could become a full form and grab around the person's leg. And then bring them in and kill them. I don't think, oh, it's a kid's show, Al. Yeah, he's a great hero. <laughs> he's, okay. a bloody, he's a bloody Switzerland hero. <laughs> I take it you don't like my theory that he's no, a hero. Okay. He's not, there's nothing heroic about Gumby. Sorry. All right. And his horse, no. And whatever the girl's name was, no. They should bring a live-action film out. They should do it. No, they shouldn't. All I want is a Gumby live-action film and Captain Planet. That's all I want. Didn't they do a Captain Planet, a YouTube one? I don't think so. Did they? I don't know. No, no, I don't know. I thought Maybe you just... even, what else could they do? They can do a Where's Wally? Chuck <laughs> that back in. Defenders <sighs> of the Earth. Defenders of the Earth. Defenders with the Phantom. Yeah, they could do that. That would be... I love that. You know what? They, no, they couldn't be. They couldn't do it now, because you got the Avengers and uh, now. Thanks, Marvel. Yes, thank you, Marvel. You brought us a lot of joy in life. Yes, thank you, Disney. See, if they had the two strap cell, it would have been oh. a good fight throughout the stadium. Crowd participation. You fight in the audience. You fight through the backstage. So what I'm hearing is that you give everyone in the front row straps while the two no. wrestlers, four wrestlers. <coughs> oh, now I understand what you're saying here. Four wrestlers have to be strapped to each other. So yeah. like crisscross action. You did say something that made me think of a TNA show. All right. Just the, <laughs> it was the match they did. It was Jeff Jarrett, who was the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, took on Samoa Joe, and it was in a fan's revenge match where they had fans that they took out of the crowd and they surrounded the ring like a gauntlet match and they were all given leather straps and they were able to strap Jeff Jarrett, who was the heel. That sounds very old school. I remember... But were these, like, fans... Fans fans? Or were they, like, proper fans? Or were they, like, enhancement talent? I would... No, they were proper... They were fans from the audience. Oh, my... Right, okay. I'm trying to find where it happened. Here it is. It took place... At No Surrender was the pay-per-view. It was No Surrender 2006 from September of that year. And, uh, yes, the main event was the Fans' Revenge Lumberjack match. Samoa Joe beats Jeff Jarrett in 11 minutes and 6 seconds. Was that the main event? Yes. Yep, sure it was. What do you, what do you mean, Al? Jeff Jarrett in his day's company in the last match of the night. Yep. But he let Joe go over, though. But, okay, of course, you, you think It was Joe a non-title, would... ma- non-title match, though, so. Yeah, that's right. You were saying Jeff Jarrett's champion, didn't you? Yeah, because he so, dropped the title the next so, month to Sting. Non-title match, main event. Yes. Yep. So with the straps, all the lumberjacks were actually tied to each other. <laughs> no, they were all given a strap each, hell. What's some human centipede thing you're talking about, are you? What are you talking about? I wasn't going to go there, but now you've put that idea in my head, sure. So <laughs> there, so all the crowd, so these were non-enhancement people, these were all people from the front row, who all yep. had to lay down on all fours in with the 
So with the strap around their neck, it was all tied around their, their body, and they had to attack Jeff Jarrett when he came out of the ring? <laughs> yes, Al. Okay, okay. Sounds fucking stupid. Why did you bring it up? No, because you're talking about, when I said strap match, you doesn't thought the sound, fan... Yeah, doesn't hey, sound hey. Like, no, doesn't sound like something I would say. You're wrong. You, you keep it up. We will watch that show this year. Do you understand? I will make you sit through the fans' revenge match. I might even chuck in an Ultimate X. What is the Ultimate X? What's that? What is the Ultimate X? Give me a definition. It is a hybrid ladder match. What's the X division? It's a hybrid division. <laughs> what's the rules? Um, what's the rules of X division? X division, there is no weight limits. There is no limits at all, Al. Is there rules? Yeah. There is no rules. <laughs> I've had people say before on Twitter, like, what, but what is an X division? Like, what is it though? Like, is it a cruiserweight division or what? It's a, it's a no weight class division because Willie Mack, who's the champion now, is like 300 pounds. Yeah. And, uh, Ace Austin, who he won the belt from, is like two, like 210. So. Yeah. So the X division is it's 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 a division that's been around since the start of TNA. It's it's like their it's like their mid card title. So they're intercontinental. Well, yeah, kind of. No, they tried bringing they they tried bringing other belts in like the Legends Championship, which ended up becoming the global title, which then became the TV title. And they did a storyline in, like, I think it was, like, 2016, where Bobby Lashley won all the belts. Didn't Kurt Angle do that? Yeah, so Kurt was the world champ X Division and tag. Mm. Um, but Bobby Lashley was X Division World TV and, I think, the Impact Grand Championship, which was a, a championship belt where you would have judges at ringside. Okay. All right. That's when uh, Pritchard went back. That's... Fantastic. That's great. <laughs> Alan can't wait to cover TNA this year, guys. I, I'm really looking forward to it. I am indeed. Um, now, with all those words about championship belts, do we want to dive into Dark Side of the Ring? Yeah, well, this one here has only got probably another two minutes. The next match, okay. though, I think goes for about 18. So yeah, I was thinking some... maybe we wait just till that one. Well, well um, then you, can, you go ahead and call some spots now. Shit back. Go for it. What do you mean? How dare you? Hmm? Is this the first Freebirds match we've had before on the card? I think it is, yes. It's the first time we've had the Freebirds. Uh, we've had Michael Hayes, of course. He was at the WrestleMania 17 episode. Mr. Jimmy Garvin and Mr. Michael P.S. Hayes, Will Ferg. So it says here there are actually multiple members of the Fabulous Freebirds. There was Michael Hayes as the leader. Yes. Buddy Roberts, Terry Gordy, Jimmy Garvin, and Bad Street, but that was only in WCW. Yes. Uh, their names were the Freebirds and the Fabulous Freebirds. They debuted in 1979 and disbanded in 1994, and there was a couple of reunions that they did as well in 2017. So they started performing together in the Mid-South Wrestling Promotion under Bill Watts. Um... They then moved across to the Memphis-based promotion Continental Wrestling Association where they feuded with uh, Bill Dundee and Jerry Lawyer. Also, World Class Championship Wrestling, or known then as uh, WCCW, 
It's mm-hmm. the Von Erich family. So this was Chris and Mike, Kevin, David and Kerry. Um, this feud was ignited by an infamous incident where Terry Gordy slammed T- Kerry Von Erich's head into a steel cage door, exciting a riot. During this feud, as the Von Erichs would wave the flag of Texas, the Freebirds started waving the flag of Georgia, which contained the Confederate battle flag, a yes. group symbol to counter it. <clears throat> and he also wore that in his attire, didn't he, at the, uh, the gimmick battle royal, didn't he, at WrestleMania The Rebel 17. flag. The Rebel flag. That is correct. But they went the Freebirds, though, in WWE. Oh, here we go. So WWF was only 1984. They had a short stint there. Yes. They were a part of the Rock and Wrestling Connection period. In the WWF, they were wrestled under the guidance of Cindy Lauper's manager, David Wolfe but soon left the promotion after an altercation with Andre the Giant, who was upset when the Freebirds arrived late to the show. Yeah, you don't upset the boss. You do not upset the boss. So Gordy died of a heart attack uh, by a blood clot in 2001 at age 40, while Roberts died in 2012 at age 67 of Harmonia. And on November 1st, 2012, Armstrong died of a suspected heart attack, making Hayes and Garvin the only living members of the Freebirds. Hayes, who retired from in-ring competition shortly after the Freebirds disbanded, is currently the head of road agent slash producers within the WWE, mm-hmm. and also was, what, back in the ring with the Hardy Boys. Um, what was that timeline? Was that 98 against mm-hmm. the uh, Outlaws? Not Outlaws, um, the Acolytes. Acolytes and... Uh... Matt and Jeff Hardy, you name it. And from memory, I think he actually defended the tag belts with the Hardys against the Echolites fully loaded that year. And, and took a really good double powerbomb, yeah. Mm-hmm. He used to have that cane as well, didn't he? He did. He did. Was it and the odd he... No Mercy game or 2000? Yes. I think you could use that weapon. Yeah. It was both, yeah. Look at this. And then that proud moment in April of 2016 where the New Day actually inducted the Fabulous Freebirds into the WWE Hall of Fame. Correct. Also to the Freebird rule, which is something we see today with the New Day, where you have you know a, a, true, a truer or a four-man team who would win a tag belt. The whole team actually had the tag belt. Yep. And they could work at any time, which was, again, a disadvantage to an opponent, not knowing who you would be facing off against. Same thing when you would see Xavier, Kofi, and Big E come out to the ring. You really wouldn't know at times which member of the New Day would be competing. But the Freebirds were the ones to start that, you know, back in the 80s. Here we go. Michael PSAs. Oh, no. Against the ring post. Look look at Michael Hayes just selling it. Somersault. One, two. That's it. Yes. Great matchup. 18 minutes 33, that was. Oh, there's a strap. Look out. Come on, get happy. Just let me get out. I need to go, baby. I need to go. Let me <laughs> out, please. And uh, I think the last time we saw the Rock and Roll Express at um, was at AEW. They got beat up by um, Santana and Ortiz. That's right, yeah. And, and uh, didn't they win the NWA tag belts or something earlier or late last year? With the Canadian Destroyer. Yeah, it's crazy. Yep. Dropping Canadian destroyers and winning tag team championships. Yep, and all at the young and tender age of 69. Yep. Look at this there handsome devil. Look at him. Oh, look looking. out. Who is this man? This is Doug Furness. Um, again, we, I think he did wrestle. He was in the, uh, what is it, World Wrestling Federation. 
Okay. And why is he here, Tom? He's talking about Luger. How is you know he Luger, he's been in hospital for two weeks. He's going to come in here tonight. Though he's going to win that world title. He's going to take down the Horseman and win that world championship. Because again, they were really teasing the Luger sting again. They're going to do that face off. But will we see Robocop again? <laughs> okay, mate. Listen, Robocop is gone now. The yeah, suit Robo- fell off him. <laughs> Robocop not real. He, he, Robocop man in the, he, he a man in a robot suit. The suit broke, El. When he walked away before, the suit broke. Oh, it's Sting. So if Sting's here, Robocop is coming. With his Gold's Gym singlet top on. And pink parachute pants. I think I had a pair of those going back in the day. I think you had the fluoro green ones. What's this? The the pants? Par- parachute yes. pants that we owned. Yes, the MC Hammer style parachute pant. My favourite pair was the ones though, that would have the the, the uh, buttons down the side that you could just rip it off in one go. They weren't they weren't parachute pants, Tom. They were just pants. Oh. Uh, I, I liked them with the buttons, so I could be. No, societal. there was a pair. I used to have a pair like that though. I know what you're talking about. I had the same pair too, because growing up, you and I, we had we had a lot of the same things. Because mum and dad went, oh, they'll wear the same thing. <laughs> yeah, they're a couple of years apart though. Let's dress them like twins. Yeah. Mm-hmm, what are you mm-hmm. doing, Mum? We're not twins. Yep, that's right. Again, it was a simple time back then. Before mobile phones. Before dick pics. <laughs> well. <laughs> Click. <laughs> Just let me roll it back, put the flash on. We've already made that joke. That joke's been done. But you think there was no way that you could get a good angle? Moving on. See, look at Teddy now. So you got the bandana on. Durag Bandana. This is our NWA World Tag Team Championship matchup. Goes for 19 minutes and 14 seconds. There's our dad there. Look at him. There's a, oh my God. So he, that is young Walter Harrison. Is uh, oh Ron Simmons. That, that is just our, that is our dad right there. Look at him. Have you have you shown Dad what Ron Simmons looked like back in the day? No, I should show him though. You you should because look at these dudes. These are some big some big dudes. Yeah, didn't, Butch Reed and Ron Simmons. Did, um, didn't Missy Hyatt at one time uh, manage the uh, Doom? Uh, let's have a look. I might, I'll load up all their stuff and see. Because uh, it just makes me think of how those hillbillies back in the day, like, why is there a, a white woman hanging out with two strong black men? Hmm? What's going on there? And it just sounds like a great time. I wouldn't be surprised they would have they would have been managed by her. I'm just trying to see it here. Look at these dudes. Because when they first debuted, they were just called Doom 1 and Doom 2. They didn't actually have a name. Doom 1 and Doom 2. There we go, guys. Shut up. Yeah, good talking. So it says here, before the mask, Butch Reed had signed to Jim Crockett Promotions in 1988 before leaving the World Wrestling Federation. He was billed as Hacksaw Butch Reed and fitted with the Junkyard Dog. Simmons had been with Junkyard Dog for a while, teaming with Eddie Gilbert, but had not achieved much notoriety. The hero says here, women's mask team. When Scott Steiner and Scott, Rick and Scott Steiner Woman. started to team in 1989, a female fan started following them around, professing her love for the cute and dorky Rick. Uh, Steiner's brother Scott and their manager, Missy Hyatt, began to have suspicions after the woman suddenly changed to a new vampire look. When the woman uh, tripped Scott in the ring, causing him and Scott to lose to then-champions the fabulous Freebirds, it briefly caused dissension between the two brothers. 
In the end, she turned on the Steiners, adopting the name Woman, and vowed that the brothers would meet their doom at Halloween Havoc 1989, but never made it clear who or what doom was. At the night of the pay-per-view, Woman unveiled the Steiner brothers' doom, a a couple of brawny, hard-hitting masked wrestlers. Doom won their debut match against the Steiners when one of the members of Doom pinned Rick Steiner after a headbutt with an illegal object in his mask. Mm -hmm. Doom then followed up on the success, defeating Eddie Gilbert and Tommy Rich at Clash of Champions 9, looking very strong in the process. At Clash, woman's new bodyguard, Niatron, debuted accompanying Doom to the ring. Yeah, you see Teddy Long here? It's just just, just a, a short clip is done. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Steiner runs over and takes the, um, the bandana off his head, and the crowd gets a bit of bit of a laugh. Butch Reed and uh, Ron Simmons are ready to kick some ass. So it says Ooh. here, unfortunately, Doom's next pay-per-view outing Ooh. did not come without did not come with success. Along with the Steiner brothers, the Road Warriors, and the Samoan SWAT team, they entered into a one-night tag team round robin tournament but did not score a single point, ending dead last in the tournament. Doom's misfortune continued as Woman soon dropped from the team to manage the Four Horsemen, and then on February 1990, Clash of the Champions 10, Doom hit rock bottom when they were defeated by Scott and Rick Steiner as a result of the stipulation they were forced to unmask. Awesome. What are you laughing about? I'm laughing to tell you long here. <clears throat> Butch Reed turns to the camera just a few seconds ago and goes, Steiners are going to get beat up tonight. And these two gigs behind me are going to get beat up tonight. Everyone's getting beat up tonight. And then uh, they go to Teddy Long trying to put the bandana on. He goes, what are you doing with this camera in my face? Get this yeah, camera I, in my I, face. I told you to get it out of my face. I love it. I love this type of shit. Just pandering to the to the camera, pandering to the fans. It's good stuff. So and the name Teddy that Long, Teddy Long was called was the Godfather Teddy Long was his name at this time of doom. The Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> well. Randy goes down. Jesus. Dick Hughes. Squaw fame. Ding, ding, ding. There we go, guys. Look at this. Look at this, man. Big dudes. Big. Big Papa Pump and Farouk. Oh, good shoulder tackle. Oh. And the sign is what they would have been in WWE within the next year and a bit. Yes. Because weren't they both, what, number two and three in one of the Royal Rumbles? I think it was 93, I think it was, or 94. They faced off there. And we've also covered the wrestling companion, I think it was, where they actually split up. Where Scott Steiner actually turned on Rick Steiner, which was our Super Brawl show from 1998, Super Brawl number eight. Uh, right. where it was, I think it was Ooh. the out, I think it was the outsiders were taking on the Steiners. Yes. And at the end of the match, uh, yeah, Scott turned on Rick and joined the NWO. Correct. He did. So looking at the ring, two only two former WCW champions, both Scott and Farouk, Ron Simmons. That's correct. Butch Reed is a big dude. He's yeah. He's a man. I mean, so is Scotty Steiner as well. This is before he uh, really jacked himself. But again, the look of him, though. So Butch Reed, he's uh, age 65, so he would have been 35 at the time of this event. Other names was Bruce Reed, Butch Reed, Hack, Hacksaw Bru- uh, Butch Reed, and the Natural Butch Reed. Retired in 2011. Oh, wow. So not too far. That's where we're at. 
So he actually split up from Doom. I think the timeline of that would have been, I think, the 1991 time period. Yeah, so he departed in 1991, going to various independent promotions, the United States Wrestling Association, also Global Wrestling Federation. Uh, and here, we, here we go. In September 9th, 2007, he made a cameo appearance backstage on the September 14th WWE SmackDown taping during a segment involving his former manager and SmackDown general manager, Theodore Long. That's pretty cool. That's cool. That's cool. All right, I'm going to try again now because we've got this match undergoing. Let's talk Dark Side of the Ring. Yep, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so what episodes haven't we spoken about yet? So we actually, the the last time we record, guys, there's been three episodes since then. It's been three weeks since our... Uh, Thunder Show. So since yes. that time period, there was the David Schultz and the Slap Hurt Around the World. There was the Cowboy uh, Cocaine episode. Yes. And there was the last ride of the, war- the Road Warriors. Yes. Now, as Alan and I think I said earlier in the show, I actually did a, a bulk uh, watch last night. So I actually caught up on all of them. Nice. Uh, it was only, what, about an hour and a half, two hours on that, and really enjoyed them. So maybe mm-hmm. we start with the David Schultz cell. What was your take on that episode? Really enjoyed it. It was not, kind of nice to get a um, – because I knew about – I've seen this uh, actual footage before on YouTube. I think one time that we were over at, I think, our friend Julian's place, friend of the show and also good mate and po- other bro- podcast brother and to me. Uh, I think we were watching it one time at his place and we were just talking about times that wrestlers have gone sh- done a shoot on an actual civilian, as they call them. And we're just watching it. Standard questions. I think this is fake. And then watching him, watch his gritty teeth and as he slaps, um, the reporter in the face was fantastic. Um, I, I enjoyed that episode. It was actually kind of good to see what he did. Um, when they did the footage of him with his, with his family, when he first was introduced in WWE. Yeah. And, and then at the dinner table. <laughs> and he goes, stop smiling. And woman, how about you go over there and start cleaning some floors, clean the windows, and go and get, get my car ready? And everyone was – people were legitimately threatened and looked at this and went, oh, my God, he's he's horrible to that family. Call the police. Yeah, the, the police went to Vince McMahon's office <laughs> to talk about David Schultz and potentially domestic abuse and assault. And he says, that's not even my family. That's not even my kids. And then you see him later on in life that, you know, after he's – you know, he was – pretty much done with wrestling, hmm. he became a bounty hunter. But then just a side thing quick, it kind of goes back to what John Stossel said throughout the show is that when they did that survey and like even like a large percentage of the audience did think it was real. Well, yeah. So, you know, people like the uh, the FBI and the authorities took that report as I was watching this show on TV and this person, you know, David Schultz was, you know, abusing his wife and kid. The police would take it seriously and just go and do it because, again, a lot of fans thought it was a real thing. Uh, it's just the era. Yep. When did you know it was fake? I know when it did I start terrible. thinking? When, um, when did you sort of pick it up? I hate saying the word fake, but when did you sort of when know it was, it was like when it was predetermined? Scripted. Yeah. scripted um, predetermined. I don't know. I'll probably say, well, probably with the years we started watching it, probably at 98, 99, because there were just different parts of matches that wouldn't make sense. 
Yep. Like, you know, the one thing that used to give it away for me was when Goldust would do the uh, the cross, you know, open the legs up, do the, the kick in the corner. And I used to think he was doing a groin kick, and then you notice he's just kicking the middle pad. Little mm. things like that. But I would say probably within the 90s, like mid, or late 90s, early 2000s. Yep, definitely. But then you would see some promotions where it would almost become like shoot style. Like it's a hybrid. Like they are actually are dropping elbows. They are actually getting busted up the hard way. So they are actually, you know, not using blades or anything like that. But it also shows it too with Schultz's stuff that, you know, he had that big planned program with Hogan that they were going to do. You know, Hogan goes and chokes out that reporter on that live show. What does Hogan get? Nothing. Doesn't yeah, get fined, right. doesn't get suspended, but David Schultz slaps the person and there's a lawsuit and he loses his job. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a really, you know what I hope to do in the future because they did show that Hogan was staying with Schultz during that time when they decided to do the Chris Hemingworth, um, yeah, that Hogan would be movie. good. Yeah. Which someone get, just give the, the character Schultz. You don't have to say his whole name, but you can just have a character at that time because they're going to show when Hogan became the beach bum. Then he became the you know, the immortal Hulk Hogan. That's what they should do. At least put Schultz mm. in it. That'd be fantastic. Not the actual the man now, but find an actor that looks like him in, back in the day. That'd no, it's cool. a very good episode. And even like yeah. you know, after his career did fiddle down, you know, become a bounty hunter and earn some cash and money there doing that. And he's a he was one of those guys, as I said, like one of the Jim Cornette episodes. Shortly after that, uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode aired, they discussed that for a majority of the drive-through. Mm-hmm. And Jim had some good things to say. He said that guy, it was real to him. You know, he mm-hmm. treated everything real. And that's because of the way he was trained, you know, getting his ass kicked day and hour after hour in those old barns, mm-hmm. you know, it gives you that tough skin, that leather interior and that he took it very seriously. Mm-hmm. And he just didn't like those people like, you know, celebrity coming in like, Hey, you know, Mr. T coming in and saying, well, wait a minute. He's taken a massive paycheck and we've got us here busting our asses. What? 600 days or something like that non-stop where's our break and he's earning one paycheck that's like a months and months of our salary mm-hmm. um but no great episode i look forward to um you know finding because i haven't done much about him but i want to go out and do some more research about some of the stuff he's done maybe awesome. some other shoot interviews yes uh the next episode which was released on may 5th this was cocaine and the cowboy boots hell the uwf what a great little story this was just a uh about her abrams just just a, a fellow that loved wrestling and just wanted to, to start his own promotion and the extreme party life that he had, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how many times he got in trouble with, like, um, sharks and people like that. Not like, you know, people that he, he was legitimately conning people out of their money. He even had family members as well, too, that don't talk. They had nothing to do with him because, you know, they would, he would sign a check under their name and then next minute they've got incredibly bad credit because of him. And he, again, what was the stories that um, he was so hyped up on cocaine and muscle relaxers, he was found with um, cocaine all over himself with baby oil with a baseball bat. Yeah. And that's a good night. <laughs> oh, man. Like I just, I yeah, just had to. I think Mick said something at the start. The very first part of the episode was when I think of him, I smile. Yes. You know, because you know you have to. Like he, he tried. It's almost like it was what Paulie Heyman could have been if he just slipped, but he didn't. I mean, it does make me think of those small one-time promotions that come and do shows and then they never come back again. 
like there's a couple of companies like you think of the Extreme Wrestling Federation, which is what Jimmy Hart tried to do with um, Brian Nobbs and Hogan. You know, bringing all the ex um, WCW and ECW talent shortly after they were both purchased by the WWE in 2001. That yes. was very short lived. But I think it just makes me think of even promotions that appear on Fight TV that uh, they just bring in a lot of talent, but they yeah. never do a show again. And it could be maybe they undersold it, you know, as in they buy a, you know, a huge, uh, they buy a, a massive room or a stadium and they don't even fill it at all or they get 10% capacity. Someone's got to pay for that. Um, but I think too, it just gave you that real honest take that even at that time period, drugs were so accessible for everybody, you know, from not only the promoters, but to the wrestlers, it was just a, it was a party lifestyle time period, yeah. party and drink. You wrestle, you party and drink. Money was everywhere. Um, but again, it shows you the strength of Vince McMahon, oh, you know, yes. not only had he destroyed the territories really by bringing everything in, but then you've got this young guy wanting to work with him and Vince just laughed at him and brushed it off. You know, mm-hmm. I rather, I don't want a, you know, companion. I want a competitor and goes against him. And you, know, you feel for him with the whole Andre the Giant thing, you know, brings him in. And the next thing you know, he's, Vince brings Andre back. There's a short lived thing. And I think what made me laugh is that to start off that his career, he was a dress salesman, a plus woman's dress salesman or something like that. I'm like, what? He's a wrestling fan, but he also makes, um, you know, bigger women's dresses. Do you remember the name of the store? No. I'm a big girl now. Oh, man. Yep. It sounds like oh. I would be at the front of those shops a lot. Yep. <laughs> Just standing there. <laughs> you, you look lovely in that dress, lady. You look good through the glass. Could, could I buy you a pie? <laughs> Extra cream. <laughs> Alan, <laughs> I've got one here. I've just bought you one here. I want to go back to my place. <laughs> The sad thing is that I could see you standing there every day, mm-hmm. same time, same finish time, you're just standing there. Same back channels, same bat, bat time, same back yeah, channels. But the point is, I would see you standing at the door, you would open the door to let him in, hey, go in, yep. Just Thank looking. you, and then watch them and close the door, yep. Yeah. So you don't I'm, work there, you don't get a salary, you're just, just a friendly man opening I, the door. I'm a friendly man that opens the door and also <laughs> likes to buy people pie, okay? <laughs> You got a little tail on the side there with the pies on there. Yeah, in you go. So would, you like, would you like a pie? Sounds like uh, the Family Guy episode. <laughs> oh, man. Do you like cake? Yes. Do you like my ass? Yes. You want to eat cake off my ass? Sure. Okay, Forky. It's up to you and me now. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Oh, I haven't seen that, but now I want to search for it. I, I've got it. I'll find it for you. Yep, oh. it's fantastic. Put that up on our Twitter. I'm a, I'm a big girl now. I'm a big girl now. Yep, But fantastic. the thing is, like, he partied but, right to the end. But it shows you, like, he could have his corporate life. And once that clock got to 5 p.m., let's start going for it. Let's just start drinking and smoking around. Let's just get some hookers and go nuts. <sighs> But no, it was one of those things where it's like it can definitely showed you the strength of like, you know, the powerhouse that the World Wrestling Federation was in the 90s. And oh, yeah. that, you know, WCW or NWA at the time was still there. But, you know, WWE was pushing towards WrestleMania and, and putting that out there. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't to be. And our last episode, which was released on the 12th of May, guys, was The Last Ride of the Wode Royce. Um, really good episode. Really enjoyed this one. Um, but I'll hear your take first, though. Like what you just said there, uh, I really enjoyed this episode. I sat and uh, watched it with my partner, and uh, she was like, "What's 
what's going on with the hair? I went, Dahl, they're rogue warriors. You know, you got the reverse um, mohawk on animal and you got the other one on hawk. And, you know, if you put their heads together, it forms one hairline. Um, that was great. Um, just to see what was going on, especially when I went over to Japan, because uh, over there in Japan, that it, that's real to them and they yeah. want to be part of the show. So when they showed all that footage of them going through the uh, through the crowds and the refer- and they're trying to grab them, they, they're just swiping them off like mm. flies, which was fantastic. Um, but it shows you again that a lot of the Japanese population love those, you know, bigger-than-life characters, those larger-than-life personas, and it's like Bob Sapp. You know, mm-hmm. Bob Sapp, who's an actor, who's also a K-1 kickboxer, but he also fought over in Pride, and there was talks that maybe he took a couple of payments to uh, lose some MMA matches that were scripted. Yep. But again, when he would walk into a room, he had this massive presence, and the Japanese cameramen would just flock to this person because it's someone that's like you know three to four times an average person, and they just love that uh, you know different, larger than life character. Well, I actually saw that um, during that show, uh, uh, Hawks did say to him, uh, you know, we, uh, you know when we went over to Japan, we had all the, the cameramen flocked to us. And the, the last time they had something like that in that mm. airport was when Michael Jackson came along. And this yep. is back in the, back in the nineties where Michael Jackson was huge. Mm. So when he was on fire with his career and with his music. Oh, hello, Karana by the Steiner. Yeah, that was awesome. By, uh, that was a beautiful Steiner. Frankensteiner. That was. So yeah, fantastic episode. Towards the end, I, um, I'm not gonna lie, I got a bit teary eyed when they when they talked about it. and Paul Ellering's uh, what mm. he said to the funeral was uh, beautiful. It was, yeah. uh, such, it's... But so he was it's just so good he was able to just think in the moment or from his eulogy and then, then just put it out there. And I wrote to you in that text I'm reading it here, I said to him, The last ride of the Road Royals was a tremendous episode, so raw and real. Yes. And that's what Paul Ellering did to that last bit. He just he capped it off so perfectly. Like, you know, that his journey was, you know, he didn't uh, wrestle as much as they did. He yes. got to see them at their best and at their worst. But in the end, they traveled those car roads together. And that's what I say about wrestling fans is that for a lot of wrestlers, the things that you take with – when your career is over, the one thing that you'll have is money and kilometers. Yes. You know, money and miles. They're the things that you take with you. You know, you've traveled all across the states, all across the countries, and the money that you've earned. And like you said, when he, you know, he redid the car back up, you know, he spray-painted the car black and fixed all the dents and, you know, what drove 50Ks, you know, really slow – just to you know relieve those memories of uh you know being with someone um but no very good story and I think covering the draws part I think was interesting to showcase that you know during that Vince Russo attitude era let's make things real let's have Hawk climb up the you know the uh the, the Triton Tron and then fall down and and then it still didn't work out here I think this is our ending here guys here we go he falls on one two and three and Doom are actually the new NWA World Tag Team Champions, and side note, they weren't originally meant to be in this matchup. It was originally meant to be. So originally, they changed the actual layout of this match, I think a few days before. Just let me quickly load up the card, mm-hmm. and then we'll just finish up um, with the dark side of the ring speak. So let me, it's in my notes I had here earlier. Yep, yep. Uh... Oh, no, so it might have been another match. It says here, yeah, WCW originally intended to have the Samoan SWAT team wrestle for the NWA United States tag belts against Z-Man and Brian Pillman, but when the SWAT team didn't show up for the TV taping, they were then changed to the match against the Midnight Express. So it wasn't this match, it was the other one. 
okay. Um, but I think the thing about why this was shocking is that Doom, though, weren't considered top contenders. They had been dropping lots of wins and losses, wins and losses, and then they thought, you know what, let's make this, let's put the belts on them, which was a big shock. Yes, like this was the shock it. of the match where no one thought that they would actually win the tag belts based on their last few months. They were kind of jobbing to different teams, weren't doing a lot, and then they beat the Steiners here to win the tag belts. That's wicked. Good on them. And that's Good our on. second no, new tag champs tonight. So, yeah, there we go, guys. Dark Side of the Ring, now three, uh, what we had to say. Did you, yeah, you like the episodes? You like what this, this season's doing? Well, I remember I watched season one, I think, back-to-back after it was all released out. I think I skipped a few episodes, but I haven't missed any episode of season two. I'm really pumped for the finale. It's going to be emotional. It's going to be, uh, I wouldn't say, it's going to be controversial. I think it's bringing up something that, you know, happened how many years ago now? What, 11 years ago now? And we're going to have people that are going to say how they really feel. Good. It's been a topic that hasn't really been discussed a lot. Um, but I think Dark Side of the Ring, again, isn't a WWE production. It's an independent, you know, TV show that they're doing. Um, so I hope, yep. so I hope it produces some great things and look forward to it next week. You know what makes me so wild? What year do you think we're in? Now? We're in 2020. You said that was 11 years ago, man. What, what do you mean? What year was it? Wasn't it back in the 90s? Yeah, 99. Yeah. Was that 21 years ago? 21 years ago, dude. Holy shit. I, I just oh, I wow. picked up when you picked up when you just said that that happened 11 years ago. I went, no, it didn't. Mm, That's 21 20. years ago. Holy yeah, shit. Man. Yeah, brother. Crazy. Because we remember we talked about it and uh, I think we were at school at the time. Yeah, well, that was our first year in, really. We had done a full year of being into it from 98. To yep. Yep. So, so this was the this was the first tag team championship reign from uh, Doom. Farouk would go on to become the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. I think it was nineteen ninety one. I think he won the title belt. I think he actually defended his title at a Halloween Havoc as well against was it Sting, I believe. But he defeated Vader. I think at a Saturday night's uh, taping. Yep. Main event time, guys. We have Lex Luger. With his golden mane and green trunks set to take on Ric Flair for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Does uh, Lex Luger have uh, Robocop in his corner? <laughs> Noel, Robocop is not here. Oh. He's gone. Okay. He saved Sting. That's what he was there to do, to save Sting. Well, what? No. Oh. Well, Mel fell off. Yeah, but he doesn't care. Melon. Who wants some shrimp? You like shrimp? <laughs> Who Interesting to... note here, this is champion versus champion. But this is for Flair's gold, isn't it? Flair's championship, yep. yep. Here he comes, the nature boy. <laughs> so Flair. this is a rematch from the previous Wrestle War, and I think Wrestle War took place in February of 1990. Uh, so that match actually ended by a count-out finish from memory. Let me have a look here. Wow, a count-out on pay-per-view. Ooh. So it says here, the main event of Wrestle War was originally supposed to see Ric Flair defend the NWA World Heavyweight Championship against Sting, but Sting was injured a few weeks earlier during the main event of Clash of the Champions 10, Texas Shootout. Sting was replaced by his longtime friend Lex Luger in the main event. Lex Luger was originally scheduled to defend the United States Championship against Dr. Death Steve Williams. A match was then, this match was then dropped. And then the actual match itself ended by a count-out after 38 minutes. 
Oof. That would suck, though, if you're a fan going, this is a great matchup. Nearly 40 minutes, and it's a cannon ending. Crazy. Look at the flare. Look at this. Look at the robe he's wearing. Yeah. The black. The black feathers. The white feathers and the black Is that robe. woman that's managing him there? I think it is. I think I it's think woman, it yeah. Yep. Nancy. Look at this. He's got the full pyro tonight, Rick mm. Flair. So this is, I'm just looking at that year of WCW, how many events they would have done, because I think it was like an event every second month or so. Hmm. I'm just loading it up here. In a cage. It's a cage match, guys. It's a pretty cool looking cage, I would say. Look at that. Uh, Looks like the the cage from No Mercy, though. The old No Mercy 64 game. Oh, yes. The one that... Uh, wow. Look, man, that looks... No, that looks like a... It looks like a hell in a cell. Looks like oh. a Punjabi prison match. <laughs> yes, please. Look at that. That is an interesting looking cage. I think. Yeah, was... so the 1990 year had February 25th was Wrestle War. May 19th was Capital Combat. July 7 was the Great American Bash. October 27 was Halloween Havoc. And December 16th was Starcade 1990. So they only had five events that year. And really, after 91, they started trying to boot, um, put it up even more. They had a show in Japan. That was the flare against uh, Tatsumi Fujami. Yes. They also had the first Super Brawl. Super Brawl 1 took place in May. And Great American Bash. That was, that was the one there. So Great American Bash 1991, Scott Steiner versus Arn Anderson and Paulie Dangerously was the main event. Holy crap, that sounds yeah. cool. Great American Bash 1991 on July. But again, look at look what the the co-main event was, Luger and Flair again. Yep. <laughs> well, the championship. So. Well, this was like their story arc because it's pretty much that um, Luger was one of the horsemen, and then they kicked him out. Yeah, correct. And so, if you look at that sort of maybe evolution time, where um, Randy Orton became world heavyweight champion by beating Chris Benoit. Mm-hmm. And then Triple H going, well, no, I don't think so. I should be the champion. Give me back the gold. So this was pretty much kicking him out of the group. And this is pretty much just rehashing what we're seeing here from the evolution time. Well, this is where you see Lex Luger and Flair get pissed off at the camera dude here because the camera dude's actually standing in the ring. Now, they both are telling him to get out. And also, woman's trying to get out. But yeah, uh, the referee wants to check woman, but watch the camera guy at this point. He can't get out of the ring because he's trying to film, and Luke is pissed off because he wants to start the match up. <laughs> just when you see Luke's face, when the camera, t- he's like, "What are you doing? Get out!" Like, what do? I don't know. So Flair's like, "You don't need to check her. She's fine. She's got nothing." So Flair just so Luke just wants to get started. So she's actually going to be locked in there, though, because the door's closed. Like, it, right. There's no door. It's just the coach has to go up. Oh, dear. They, maybe so the camera guy, see, he's still there, look. See? What's see? your problem? <laughs> What's he doing here? And it looks Luger. I think Luger looks here, too, like, dude, you got to get out. Is... But he's still, walk, he's still walking over. Because he's probably being told, no, I have to do this spot with her. I can't go yet. Okay. Oh, man. So they're running out of time here, aren't they? Because yeah. this has got another, like, 20 minutes. Oh, dear. 
Look at that hair. She's got a lot of Aquanet in that hair. That's some big hair. Well, she would have been with Sullivan at this time, too. Yep, Nancy Sullivan right there. What have you got in there? What's in there? Let me feel. Let me feel. Oh, silky. So nice. <laughs> like a lady. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> life. Would you like a pie? No, no. I'm going to make you a shirt now. Would you like a pie? Would you like a pie? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, they what found was the something. What, what was the store again? I'm a big girl now. I'm a big girl now. Okay. Look, look, the bell. camera guy, look, camera guy's still there. Look at Luke. I think get out. Get out. See? Uh, cameraman, you <laughs> need to get out. Look at Luke. See, Luca doesn't want to look at the camera. Look, look at the camera. I'll just go now. Oh. Look at Luca. See? Get. Just look at Far <laughs> out, man. I want, mate, I'm, I'm getting tired already. <laughs> We've got to start. <laughs> I, I had to walk down from the ring. This. I've got a lot of baby oil on. I'm starting to oh, burn man. because of the Ooh, lot. Oh, wow. That was a big one. And no cell. It just goes, come here. And to think our last episode, we actually had Flair and Luga teaming up to take on Buff Bagwell and uh, was it Douglas on our Thunder show, cutting some promos there on the road to um, Slamboree 2000. Douglas, Bagwell and Russo all having a, I felt like a 20-minute segment. And yep. at the end of it, Miss Elizabeth gets kidnapped. Yep. Vince Russo is carrying her down the uh, the, the entrance ramp. Into the car park? Into the car. And it's like, get her out of here. Like, <laughs> I actually watched the, the Nitro after that, and Nitro kicks off with the car pulling up and get out of the car, me. like pulling her out of the car. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is – okay, yep. You told me about that, and it ended with, like, a bloodbath to Hogan, oh, that wasn't was, that true? Yeah, that was just crazy. It was what Hogan, it was Hulk Hogan versus Mike Awesome was the main event of that Nitro. Jesus. An interference by, by Billy Kidman with a chair shot. Mike Awesome pins Hogan. Yeah. And then all, there's all this interference from the, the new blood, and then there's the bloodbath that falls onto uh, Hogan, which people have then start slipping over. Yep. And then a fan gets in the ring. It gets decked. <laughs> it's like, this is the best ending of wrestling ever. Yes. Oh, yes. man. Yes. Yeah, the fan gets in the ring, goes to fight Hogan, and then gets tackled down. It was weird. Yeah. Does he go for Hogan? I thought it was somebody else. I thought I'm was trying like... to think. It might have been Kidman or something, but he just jumps the guardrail, gets in the ring, goes, has his hands up ready to go, and then gets tackled. <sighs> Good times. Oh, man. So to think, too, Flair actually would have left, um, what is it, WCW within the next 12 months because the actual Great American Bash in July of 1991 was meant to feature these two, but mm-hmm. Flair quit that day, I think. Yes. And they actually had Barry Windham took on Luger for the vacant title, and that's when Flair took the belt with him. Yep, and uh, yeah. went over to WWF, and they kept blanking it out every time he came out to work with, uh, with uh, Mr. Perfect. And he was known as what the real world's champion. The real world's champion, correct. Yeah. Look at this. And then what he won the uh, 1992 Royal Rumble, and then not what within the next year that was back in WCW again. Yeah, they didn't know how to so, use him. No. It's cameraman. Seriously, move. <laughs> uh, you so just waited for them to get knocked off though, like to accidentally fall down. You know what it reminds me of? The um. Shawn Michaels and Undertaker Hell in a Cell match. Yep. And the cameraman getting hurt. Legit, because 
Sean Michaels hated cameramen. Yep. And they had to open it up, and that's how they got outside, and they got beat up, and then later on we see Kane and blah, blah, blah. It's all history. What was it? In Your House, Bad Blood. And there's a thing. Did you see that announcement about In Your House, Cell? NXT TakeOver In Your House. Now, I didn't think that was real. Yeah. I thought it was um, like someone had made something, you know, like a bit of a fan art thing. And uh, nope, very real. Yep, it was legit. I think it's coming in July, I think, or August. NXT TakeOver In Your House. Correct. No matches announced yet. Um, but that looks interesting. I, I love the old set, though, the old In Your House set. We actually have covered In Your House, one that I did um, by myself, like two or three years ago, where I watched the very first uh, In Your House, which was Diesel and Sid Vicious um, for the World Wrestling Federation Championship in a Lumberjack match. That's correct. Look at the, that cage actually curves at the top. Look at it. Yeah, it's like a Thunderdome style from... Um, between, they reckon between 30 and 40 feet high. Yeah, Jeez. that's wrestling. Yeah, that's Look, wrestling. 15 feet high is a standard cage. This yeah. 30 to 40. But that's wrestling, Tom. <clears throat> like, how, how big is that um, that ladder? Oh, it's 40. Look <laughs> this guy. 20. Yeah, there's some <laughs> rando. I'm the guy with the cable. Sorry, I'll duck I, down. I'm a cable man. There I'm the cable is. guy. He is the cable guy. Coffee checker. Coffee checker. I'm the coffee checker, man. Yeah, let him in the coffee checker. <clears throat> so, guys, if you are syncing up, we are at 233.11, yes. 233.12, with a big chop there by Ric Flair. So, we're at the tail end. We've only got, what, less than 15 minutes of this show, guys. Show the, the pain is nearly over, guys. And so, what do you think? This it? is the longest we've ever gone back, eh? May 1990. It's good. It's nice. It's, it's also our have... first time of doing this uh, old school stuff. It is. It is. It's actually quite um, enjoyable to go back and watch all this stuff. Um, I'm watching this with the closed caption, so I can't hear any of the uh, commentary by JR. I've got uh, the same. I've got subtitles and the headphone. I've got subtitles and the headphone. <clears throat> that up. And I'm wearing um, a diaper on my head. <laughs> Take it's a shit in my hand. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, let's have a good day today. Come on, I'll be with your homework. I'll clap my hands and take a shit. Oh, it was a funny story too. Um, was, <laughs> I think it was from The Dark Side of the Ring where Jim Connett's story about uh, David Schultz's trainer well, would take a shit, put it in his armpits, rub it in there, and then put someone in a headlock. Love it. Yeah. He told me, he said the funniest story was Jim was talking on his shows recently. They're talking about, you know, like fighters who have mean streaks outside the ring. You know, people like, you know, Haku that bit mm-hmm. that dude's nose off. And he was talking about um, Watts, you know, Bill Watts in the territory. And he said one day, uh, I think it was Bill Watts. Yeah, it might have been him or he's someone in that family line. He was having, he was having a dispute at a bar. He's at a bar and he walked in and it's like people could tell he's oh, one of those wrestling guys. Look at this guy. And he goes, and the story goes, he goes, Bill got, comes to the rock room, gathers all the guys up, and goes, I've got a story to tell you. And all the wrestlers all sit down. Jim Connett sits down. Everyone's sitting on a chair. He's standing up, and he goes, I'll tell you a story. Last week, I went to a bar, and I walked in, and all these guys just wanted to fight me. You could just tell. They, st- they put their drinks down. They all stood up, and he thought, I'm not going to win this one. So he goes, my first thought is, well, I can fight him, but I'm not going to win. So what does he do? He stands there. The closest person next to him just grabs him, pulls his eye out, and then eats the dude's eye. 
causing all the other guys to go, what the hell? And then just sit down and not want to have a go. And he said, I chewed the eye, swallowed it, and then, yeah, I just yelled at everybody, and then I walked out. Jesus Christ. And Cornette goes, we didn't know if he was faking it, but it sounded very realistic. He said, so yeah, ripped the dude's eye out and ate it in front of everybody. <laughs> what? Oh, All right. Crazy. I, as a person, have yep. eaten an eyeball before. Yep. Not not a human eyeball, mind you. I've eaten a sheep's and a cow's eye uh, eyeball. But to hear that, to eat a, a real... <laughs> a human a, eye. A human eye and then go... <laughs> Ah, I'd rather be down oh. at the I'd rather be down at the clothing store with a, with a pie in one hand picking oh. up. That's where I'd want to be. Yep, opening the door for people. Would do want a pie? Oh, no, it was, it was a bad story. Like he said, yeah, he said he was. And we just sat there all in shock. Our jaws just dropped, and he just had the same motion. Yeah, just nodding his head, and we're all just staring, going, "You what?" But yeah, so, just the thought. Like, if I'm going to get into a fight, if everyone's going to hurt yeah. me, they're all ready to go. I'll so just grab the, the place to go. I think it was Bill Watts. Oh, yeah. That he was the old like, promoter, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like something. Well, they that said, you know, when he told the story, it was something that we didn't think he would do, but he said he seemed like straight up it was true. Just pulled oh, a dude's man. eyeball out and ate it. <laughs> so there's Ooh. Meg, you know, there's Meg biting off noses, Ming and Haku, and then you've got, yeah, Bill Watts chewing up eyes. Chewing up eyes, Bill Wattsy style, eh? <laughs> this is wrestling. What did you do on the weekend? Oh, I stayed home, played uh, PlayStation for a bit. What did you do? I went to the bar and bit a guy's eye off. Huh? <laughs> hey? <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 Ric Flair is busted here too. He's got the... He's trying to get out of there too. It's, that's yeah. a massive high cage. Look at that. Yeah, big time. It's similar to the one that... um Was it the one that Macho Man jumped off onto Hogan? Remember yes. one of those old cages in WCW? He leapt off from the top. The one thing that I had a I had a bit of a, a watch back the other day when um, Ultimate Warrior tore his tricep in WCW when he jumped out of the cage or something. <laughs> he was taken on the NWO and he had to kick his way out of the cage, mm-hmm. makes a hole, jumps out and just like blows his tricep or something. I'm like, oh Warrior, you're in there for forty seconds. Yeah. Did he have the leather jacket on? I think he had a yeah. leather jacket. He was. I think he either, he either kicked it off or he was wearing it when he tore it. So, yeah. That's something for the future. I want to yeah, watch him. I, I, I want to see the fire. Halloween, yeah, Halloween Havoc 98. I yeah. want to see the fire. <laughs> Hogan nearly kills himself because he, of Warrior, and then Warrior sells it like he's like, like it was like napalm. <laughs> what did um was it the Wrestling Observer newsletter got what zero or was it minus five stars or something like that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this match oh, is man. bullshit. They said. And it had, what, Goldberg and DDP in the main event and went over time, the show. So they didn't even get the actual end of DDP versus um Goldberg. I think on the network it's about three and a half hours, yes. where most shows at that time period were about 2.50. So, yeah. Yes, he uh, burns his eyebrows off and his facial hair. <laughs> didn't we see that too with, um what is it, Sabu? Remember we yeah. covered the, one of the Nitros or something where, <laughs> was it the... um. Who was his? Was it the Iron Sheik or something like that? Had was meant to they just flew, just flew a flame in into the ring. Hollywood, uh, Hollywood Havoc, nineteen ninety five. The original Sheik lights it up into Mister JL's face. Yep. Cameron doesn't catch it. 
Sabu gets the win. Oh, but it's like he's like, oh, yeah, I meant to do that thing, eh? And just quickly throws it. The camera's already walking over that way. It doesn't even capture it. You, you just see this, little, you see this spark on the side. Yeah. Well, and the referee goes, oh, what the hell was that? Yeah. Here we go. Flair working on the left leg. Or right leg, I think. Yes, the right ankle. Just stomping it. Look at that crimson mask of Flair now. Look at that. The, that that yellow mane, that blonde mane of Ric Flair is just a tinge of red, hardcore style. Very. And just talking vicious. about this era too, we actually the longest we've ever actually gone back was one match we covered from 1989. Do you mm-hmm. remember what match that would have been now? It would have been uh, Terry Funk and Ric Flair. I quit. That was from our Oh My God, uh, which was we did a five-parter series of uh, the ten most our own choice of the 10 most extreme and hardcore matches, guys, from the TVK vault. It ran from, I think it was March to June of last year. And if you haven't checked it out, please do. It's only about an hour where Alan yep. and I each chose our two matches per episode, uh, one match each. And, uh, yeah, we actually covered Flair Terry Funk from the Clash of Champions, I believe it was. Yes, it was. Uh, I don't know if it was for the championship. I think it was not for the belt. But it's a really good matchup between the two. Um, and that's also the time where Flair was going as a face at that time period. It was. Which was an interesting time because people always loved Flair as a heel. Um, but that, that time period, you had, um, Funk, who was the big heel going against Flair for the NWA championship. The man put a plastic bag over the man's head. <laughs> leading up to it. Yeah. A real, a real plastic oh. bag over Ric Flair's head and suffocated him. Good wrestling. So we don't get that today. No, you wouldn't. They use one of those recyclable plastic bags. It's good for the earth. Bloody So in, rega- in regards to also, guys, next, we've actually got one more show to do this month. Uh, Alan and I both have some availability at the end of May, and we're thinking we might actually start the TNA part of this show. We can, we're, I was thinking originally to start it in June, um, but there might be an event that I found that I think we might do. But there's also some old WCW stuff that I recently found too that happened in May. So well, I don't think we'll announce anything this episode, but I think check out our Twitter, which is Brocast or The Brocast, T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, uh, for more information. We're doing stuff every day on there from our, you know, follow Fridays and Throwback episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays from the hashtag TBK Vault. Again, you know, 62 episodes and film companions and wrestling companions and oh my god and the wonderful world we live in. And this is the man that does it, guys. This is the, I haven't really given him that much compliments to this episode, but the uh, the man who is we are now I'm speaking to and speaking about is the brains behind this operation and does all that stuff while I just come in here and make. Um, Inappropriate dick jokes and pie jokes. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here they come. We're just coming to give advice. We're not going to interrupt. We're just kind of no, doing no. good work there. Hey. Yeah. We're just here to support. Has this been covered by um, Arn yet? In any of his vaults? It hasn't been, hasn't been covered by Arn, but it has been covered by What Happened When. Okay, cool. Uh, on, on all the shows, episode 69. Oh, wow, okay. I was going to say what number was it. Yep. Oh, hey, wait a minute. Arn's climbing. Because, again, guys, there's no door. True. But what would you want to do that for? What would you want to put so, a door? But so, so, Arn, so Arn would have to go up and then across and then bend and then come down the cage just to get in there. 
Ollie's telling them something there. Hurry up. We've got... You've got six minutes. You've got to hurry up and win. Come on. Because Ollie was the booker at this time, wasn't he? I think he was too, yes. Yes. It's interesting that they actually let women stay in the actual cage. I don't think she had the option. <laughs> Damn it. You uh, can climb she... out if you want. Okay. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Look at Big Sid there just on the rampway. Sid looks like he, afterwards he's got oh, old. Wait a minute. He just runs past Sid. Yeah, yeah. what's... Hey. Okay. Looking like, I... looking like Jaws from James Bond. He does. Looks like he's about to go to a, um, a, a debutant ball after this. <laughs> my limo's here. Uh, with all, my, all six of my friends, we all threw money. Wait a minute. Together. It's our Giante. <gasps> he's a big man. Look Hello. Man. Ric Flair, I kill you. He's just massive, man. Look at the height of him. His legs stop at what nearly at Sting's neck. Look how tall yeah, he is. He's one big dude. He looks like something out of He-Man. We're going to become giant Gonzalez. Yes. And take on Taker at WrestleMania 9 and lose by, what was it? Um, Well, did he win or lose? Was it by the Ether that knocked yeah. him out or something? Yeah. Let's see the oh. little... little they're saying Ollie Anderson now has got to the guy who's running the cage and he's making him uh, lift it back up. Yes. Here comes Barry Windham. The stalker. Yep. Here he is. Now, this is the interesting note here in this match. So he's putting the him rack. in the torture rack. Now, look, what's the referee? DQ. The referee has called the bell in our steel cage main event. So that's two straight months. Flair and Luger have ended by a countout or a DQ ending. Sort of very reminiscent of The Fiend and Seth Rollins' Hell in a Cell, but minus the red. So JR's screaming for them to put the cage down to stop people getting in. <clears throat> it's now a three-on-one beatdown. So Flair loses the match by DQ but retains the NWA championship. And we have four more minutes left of wrestling craziness. And the referee's going out. Thanks to Rick Alan, I can tell looking at Alan, he's inside, he's screaming for Robocop to come out. I want with, Robocop with, with his jetpack to fly in. Oh, my God. <laughs> To jetpack over the top and then lower himself down into the center. Pulls out his gun. And there's, <laughs> stay down, creeps. And, and then the lights pop. go out. So you don't actually see the shot, is the lights go out. Well, who's getting shot? Oh my god! He's gonna shoot him. He's gonna shoot Flair, is he? Is that what you said? No, I say he pulls the gun out and he goes, "Get down, creep!" And before he does the shot, the lights go out to give the the impression that they got they got no shot. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. No one's getting shot. They should. He he comes down with the jackpack, and they clears house. Oh, and they, and they get out of there, do they? Okay. Or he grabs each horseman and throws them over the cage, and they go well, flying. With my elite wrestling federation, oh, my shit. Robocop would have been lowers down, the lights go off, creep, and then three shots, bang, bang, bang. So it would have been Wyndham, Flair, and Arn. So they killed off those characters, and then they come back at another point for some new storylines. Right. <laughs> no one came to the show, so when I did it. <laughs> I, I did a lot of cocaine, and I came <laughs> up with this idea. I thought it was great. Uh, what? Elegante is just like, do I stand here? What do I do now? <laughs> Who's Team Elegante? I'm on your... Yeah, I'm Sting. Yep. Yeah. I work with Sting. 
And there we go. Pound the butt from Barry Windham to Ripley. Come on, Flo. we got to go. This is a great promo. Look at this. Here's Shivani. Look at it. Look at it. <laughs> He's going off for the fan. Yeah, here we go. And this is where, you know, Wyndham was the guy that would be like the Orton. You know, the guy that would one day be the champion and would end up, well, within the next year, would have the title shot against um, Lex Luger, Great American Bash 91. But didn't would not go on to win the belt that night. Wow. Look at Tony. Could you just let me? I just want to. Can you just stop for a moment? <laughs> so this is. Did you know at this time? This is when Tony Giovanni came back from the WWE. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So how long he, was uh, his contract with WWE? Only a few months, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. About a year and a bit. He and called the he, Rumble though, didn't he, or something? The Rumble of that year with um, Gorilla, and then I think he was just the backstage tape stuff. Was it with Gorilla or was, was it, it Gorilla? With, I thought it was uh, Jesse. Might have been Jesse. Yeah, Jesse the body. Like Look at it. This is this craziness, and there's the people on the side, the fans are just going. Well, Elegante from He Man's is like. <laughs> I love his suit though. Look at that. Yeah, man. Big X just... across the front, shoulder pads. I love it. Headband. Ric Flair, I kill you. And this was leading to the eventual clash that Sting would actually have with Flair at the Great American Bash in July, uh, which was an awesome poster, that one there. I'll show Alan on the camera with uh, the zoom-up close shot there. There we go. That's great. For this was the one where – shut up, Alan. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> you see? Hey, he's good for podcasting because it's a, it's a picture. Yeah. Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you're a pair of fucking Yeah, and then, yeah, go and share it on Twitter. Tom doesn't share it on the Twitter. He doesn't put it on the Twitter. Yeah. Is that, is that you, are you trying to impersonate me, motherfucker? Not, not really, Al. I was just doing another voicing. Yeah. What have I told you about voices? <laughs> I don't know. What have you told you, me? You shit had it. <laughs> hey. Along yeah. with life. Well, I try. <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh, I'm very good at it. All right, guys, but actually, before we finish up with this episode, we want to give a shout-out to a great podcast that we think you guys should definitely check out. Interruption in progress. Now hijacking into ANS 2.0 Immersion Rig. Now simulating the amazing nerd show. Featuring comics. <laughs> and Batman's like, you're safe here and everything, but the Joker also pulls out a gun and shoots himself. Movies. People fight with lightsabers. What the hell do you want? I mean, you're every. I mean, in every one of these movies, there's a lightsaber battle. Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm gonna rewatch it a million times. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. Give me something more. Wrestling. That would be awesome. Oh my god, just a monster. <laughs> Fans would be like, "Holy, what the hell's going on? What happened to Jericho?" Horror. It starts off like any other like home invasion type of story, and then it just goes crazy. And more. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Dan. And we are the Amazing Nerd Show. Make sure to download us on all your favorite podcast platforms. All right, guys, we are back, and we're at the tail end of what has been a great episode, episode number 63 and wrestling companion number 41. Any closing comments, Al, before we finish up this episode? What a great show this was tonight, guys. Thanks very much for everyone to uh, downloading this and coming together and... Hopefully, we've been that sort of distraction yet again during this COVID-19 madness. Uh, good look. Thanks very much to Tom yet again for organizing this and getting this all done and throwing this all up on the, on our socials. Um, 
Good show, and looking forward to our next episode. So, guys, we're looking at doing another show possibly on May 30th with a release date of May 31 here in Australia. Check out our Twitter directly at the broadcast, T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, for the announcement of that show. I'll also shout out there to Rogue Energy. Give yourself some great promotional stuff there from your uh, shaker cups to your uh, what range of different flavors. They've got, haven't they? Our grape and watermelon and a range of different things there. Check them out at rogueenergy.com and also Rogue Energy on Twitter. And also a shout out there to Luxty with your grips for your gaming grips for your controllers for PlayStation 4, Xbox and Switch. Get yourself a 15% discount using the promotional code BRO247 at Luxty Grips. That's L-A-X-E-D-Y dot com. And as we say each and every episode, good morning, good afternoon, good evening or good night. Hello there, Physically Attractive Podcast listener. My name is Steve Ross. I'm Sean Crandall. I'm Dustin White. And we're the hosts of... Dregs of Craigs. On our podcast, we explore the most bizarre, repulsive, and downright confounding Craigslist ads we can find from all over the country, live for your amusement. Come find out the best place to book an axe-throwing party for your child's birthday. Stay up to date on Mario's Hawaiian Sex Marathon. Or just sit back and relax as we make more anime references than any rational human being should be comfortable with. It's a hilarious exploration of how we as a species are drifting further and further from the possibility of redemption. And we want you along for the ride. Listen to Dregs of Craigs on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>